2: Sponsored by Pfizer.
3: Bill Gates' advice on how to combat mistrust in science at 60minutesovertime.com. Sponsored by Pfizer.
4: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. I'm not sure if we're live in certain places. Let me know, guys, because there's some weird stuff happening today. I'm not seeing anything on Restream. It says everything's offline, but I know that's not true. Just give me some heads up in the chat. Let me know. I've got a great show planned for you today. Want to make sure that we're actually live on these platforms? It does not seem like we are. Just bear with me for a second. Let me make sure. Actually, let me just play another clip here. Give me a second to look at these as we jump into this.
0: During 2021, we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines, and and that vaccine. A uh, key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up, so that you get almost no, almost no, uh, infection going on whatsoever. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. Uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to
4: normal. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Essentially, vaccines block you from getting and giving um, the virus.
1: Fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, no longer need to wear a mask
0: when people are vaccinated they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected we have all the vaccines we need we just need our people to take it a for their own protection for the protection of their family but also to break the chain of transmission you want to be a dead end to the virus so when the virus gets to you you stop it you don't allow it to use you as the stepping stone to the next person. I-
2: Calm down, get a hold of yourself. Just please, please let me handle this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Calm down, I'll get back to your seat. I'll take care of this. Podcast.
4: Calm down, get a hold Don't do Doctor, you want another phone? Everything's been. Okay, let's go ahead and start. I something funny just since there's something odd going on today. Who who knows what's going on with the censorship, which we'll touch on a little bit today. Yeah, unfortunately SuperU is just not working. I don't know what's going on there. I've reached out to the team. Was there something's glitchy on the site in general? I just see a site under maintenance when I look at the page right now. So hopefully they're figuring that out. Looks like there's other pages having some issues. Restream, it simply just says everything's offline. So it looks like we're reaching some people. So Let's continue. Welcome to Technocracy, ladies and gentlemen. This is the future that we're going into, whether or not that's what we're experiencing now. Cuz this could just be a glitch. But this is the world that they're building. So if they should choose to decide that you're fake news, they just turn the switch off. You're you're no longer allowed to reach people because we decide that's in your best interest, America or world. And that's not what anybody should want, especially as we see them being dishonest and being caught being dishonest over and over and over and over and over and over and over. But we'll get into some important topics today that i it's another i mean it's it's I saw a really funny meme that somebody shared the other day that said we're in the midst of the longest, most excruciating I told you so in history or more ad, ad, uh, ad adjectives in there as well, but basically just it's this grueling process where we all know that we've been right. they're admitting that we're right and yet still not saying out loud that this is bad and it's hurting people and that we've been right the whole time. And, You know, and I'm not talking about people that were being subjective about it the whole time, making partisan allegations. I'm talking about those of us that have been objective and followed the data wherever that led the entire time. And that goes up and down and left and right. And a lot of times the answer is we don't know, but we have been correct. on a lot of different things, one of which is going to be the myocarditis discussion that we've one of the one of the conversations that we really harped on this channel mass being one of those obvious ones, but the, the collapsing athletes conversation, you know that people like Jay Wilderness and his Clown World series and and plenty of people that have been really going deep on this conversation have been holding, sticking to our guns the entire time. Good science thing, which I'll, I'll shout out yet again today, is very vindicated, excuse me, by this study, two studies in fact, one of which you've seen and another one that we're going to talk about today that's making the rounds all over the place, peer-reviewed, High-level high, high level study, hundreds of thousands of people, um, uh, close to uh, three-quarters of a million, in fact. Where is it on the corporate media? Finding that, guess what? If you're unvaxxed, you don't have an increased risk of COVID, or of, of myocarditis if you should get whatever they're calling COVID-19. In fact, they are admitting that you have an increased risk if you take the injection, but going, but, 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 it's way worse if you get COVID. Well, that's a false dichotomy, as we've been saying, because you have to catch it first for that risk to be gained. Gained is a bad word there, but the point being that you get that instantaneously if you inject yourself. So a child with basically non-existent risk here is gaining a risk by getting that injection. In this case, though, the study's going, but guess what? That kid never would have had an increased risk, especially being a kid, if he would have gotten COVID-19. And yet, this continues. One of the many things that you can add to the gigantic pile, like the analogy we use for all the rare problems they have in this huge pile over here that they don't look at, the same idea is we've got this huge pile. I mean, mon- monstrous pile of things that have one by one been shown to be incorrect, falsified, completely dishonest, or just, you know, as, as it's developed, masks and injections and the risk and the, how efficacious they are and whether or not they have side effects. And one by one, it's been building and building and building. Now, if you look at any one of those by themselves, you could say, well, yeah, that is dangerous. And they did get it wrong, but and point to everything else, except when you realize that everything else is also in that pile. You have to stand back and look at how every one of these sections have been shown to be in some way incorrect or, I believe, just blatantly lying to you. Whether that's because they wanted this to do something particular or because they were hiding a profit motive. I mean, there's always so many facets to this. But that all matters, but not so much in the context of whether or not we have been saying the correct, been making the right choices. Whether you have been making informed choices based on the dangers that we see here. And I think the point is you're right, and you've always been right. You've, of course, always had the right to say no, whether or not it was the correct point, because you have a choice as a free human being. But adding all of the risk, as always, there should be choice. Even the smallest amount of risk, let alone a gigantic obvious risk, which we can see now. Now we're going to talk about this study today. We're also going to talk about some fake news information, which is a really important one from Russia yet again, or specifically in regard to Ukraine about Russia. And it's just obscene how often this is happening, how often they get shown to be lying like the ghost of Kiev. And we just run right into the next story talking about how Russia, Russia's raping detainees. And what's interesting is that I wouldn't even, interesting again, probably bad choice of word. I wouldn't think that that's unrealistic. That's what militaries tend to do in specific – my point is always that you have, in a wartime situation, a broad population of people in this military, some of which join for the right reasons, some of which join for bad reasons, and some in between. That goes for any military anywhere in the world, people that just want to use violence, and they find a justifiable way to do so. So to ask whether or not that could happen in Russian detained place, of course it could. But the point is, there's been a huge amount of evidence showing that the the, the detainees in Ukraine, by the way, including U.S. government documentation back before February 25th, talking about how Ukraine's people were doing at the detainees. People like the Atlantic Council, United Nations, saying, look, they're raping people with broomsticks. There's a 2016 report from the OCE, I believe, that literally calls out the forces of Ukraine. But then suddenly, they accuse Russia of it with no evidence and It goes everywhere, despite actual documentation proving that they did it before on Ukraine's side. People streaking through award ceremonies with blood on their clothes saying, Russia's raping people based on what Ukraine said is happening. But guess what? She just got caught lying and got fired from her job. So she was lying about the entire story. We'll get into that. But guess what didn't stop? The use of that narrative to push Russia bad guy right now. Still going on. They're raping people. But wait, she just got fired for lying about that. Well, yeah, she's fake news, but they're still raping people. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's stop a minute and reflect on how ridiculous that is. Now, we're also going to talk about some information in regard to COVID-19, the ongoing pandemic, and how they're pushing this forward. We're going to finish with an important conversation about the kind of Great Reset direction, technocratic direction of controlling resources, and this is around water specifically. We've had a lot of food supply discussion. This one is a new USAID United States government push for global water security, and that of course, in and of itself, you just talked about that as being something, you know, fighting for the security of water for everybody. Well, yeah, that sounds nice and, 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 you know, equitable. <laughs> Same point. The word equitable just means fair. But when they say it, of course, we know that's not what they're actually trying to accomplish. Like sustainable, it's not really what they're going for. Those words aren't inherently bad. And we'll get to that. It's how they're using them and lying about what they're trying to accomplish under the guise of doing those things. But to start off, I want to make a couple of interesting partisan points here that I think are important. Talking about, you know, left-right paradigm, the Great Reset, gun control, all these different conversations that are being had in a really aggressive partisan discussion right now. Here's Tulsi Gabbard, you know, day late, dollar short, speaking up and going, Great Reset, bad. (laughs) Look way, way after the fact. But it says, while we struggle to afford food and fuel, the elite gathered at Davos World Economic Forum to discuss how we should be allowed to live our lives. Oh, that was still information she could have expressed long time ago before it was, you know, I don't want to say too late. I don't think it's too late, but seems interesting that only now, after this is happening, after they've made their decisions, after policies almost all the way pushed in, just making a point, but says their totalitarian dream of a so-called great reset where people own nothing and are tracked, monitored in every step must be condemned by us all. Yeah. And it was while you were running for president too. It was, it was while you were running for office. It was while you were not speaking up in Congress. It was while you were not speaking up after you left Congress. All of these things have been there this whole entire time. Not, even, not necessarily the Great Reset, but this whole agenda. It's been very clear. Agenda 2030, all of this stuff has been the same thing. So why only now? Maybe she only just now became aware of it. And that would be a fair point. I'm just pointing out how I'm not really sure I trust where that's coming from. But nonetheless, the more important point is it's coming from the partisan angle here. The Republican side of it predominantly in this point. People that believe they're fighting the bad, evil, pedophilic Democrats who are trying to overthrow the world with the Great Reset. That's a really strong, hardcore Republican, you know, conservative perspective on that. Now, I, this to be clear, I, I, I would argue that there's a far, far, far more people that would consider themselves conservative that recognize that the, even the two party paradigm to a degree and recognize the Great Reset is dangerous, recognize the injections are dangerous, whether Trump supports them or not. Just because you associate with a certain political ideology doesn't mean you blindly follow the two-party paradigm. It's very different. Two-party illusionists are the extreme people I I say are the, you know, the Democrats and Republicans that hardcore follow their party line and follow Fox and CNN. There's a lot of people within that that still follow some party line kind of stuff but question a lot. So my point is here, this Dan Crenshaw here, as you can see, we'll show you next here. This guy here, big darling of the one side here that's really, you know, in some cases anyway, who is... State just listen to what he says here about the Great Reset. Now, this is my point. These are people in leadership positions. And when brought to the table about this conversation that clearly Americans care about. So whether or not he cares about it, his job is to care about what his constituents care about. That's obviously not what this actually is. That's not obviously not what our politicians actually do. That's just child. That's Santa Claus level. But let's pretend for a minute that's what actually happens. The point is, when he's asked about this topic, what do you think about the Great Reset? The way he responds shows you how little... First of all, knowing that he does know what this is, verifiably so, that he's been involved in conversations, that he's aware of the global conversation, that he's aware of the national conversation about Build Back Better and all these different things. Crenshaw is well aware of what the Great Reset is. His response is alarming because of that fact. Take a listen to this. And just this, this is not just them Republicans, it's the two party illusion. It's your government all involved. Dance around the topic of the World Economic Forum. Um, uh, the Great Reset. We've talked about mm-hmm. a little about the COVID conspiracy to shut everything down. The, we got the border issue at hand. Yeah. Uh, where do you see the the Great Reset right now, and then where's it where's it going over the next four four to six well,
1: years? I don't
2: know if I danced around it. I just don't know anything about
4: I mean, it. There are a it, lot of okay, okay. First point. You don't know anything about it. One of the most obviously sprawling grass, like one of the largest political, international institution level reaching projects in the world right now. Like there's nothing bigger than that right now. That is a, that is the global agenda. And as a leader, political, a political leader, you don't know anything about it. Like what a lazy malfeasant answer. Like you're literally going, I don't care don't even ask me that question because I'm not going to talk about it. Or I don't even want to know about it because I don't want to be able to talk about it. Like, that's just you going, I'm a bad, I'm bad at my job or I'm choosing to look stupid because I know I'm not supposed to talk about this. Like, to say that answer is just disgusting. This guy should be laughed off the stage. That's like saying, what do you know about gun policy? And he goes, you know, I just don't care. See, the reason that matters to people in America is because we've been trained to care about that specifically. How about let's make it about climate change? Let's make it about abortion, right? All these wedge issues, they jam in our faces because it's important to them. If he were to talk about it like that, they, in that topic, they would that, that guy would be a clown. And he is a clown for what he just said. But just recognize that because they don't want you to think this is important, that's an allowable answer. Despite this being clearly and internationally one of the largest things happening on the planet right now. But yeah, I don't care. I, I just don't know about it embarrassing he should be embarrassed and he probably is as I'm sure people have been calling him out for this point over the next four four to six well,
1: years. I don't
2: know if I danced around it I just don't know anything about I mean, it there are a lot of subjects that touched the great reset or at least the philosophy exactly the reset yeah I, I just don't know much about it okay like, again
4: I don't I don't care either oh oh so you don't know and you don't care like this is him trying to put that down as if it's just you're if you know basically in showing you that if you think this matters you're a dumb conspiracy theorist you don't care. Like, even if you don't think the the Great Reset is what you want to pretend conspiracy theorists are saying it is, and you just literally address it for exactly what it actually is written down on their documents as they're discussing it in real time right now in Davos. That is one of the biggest things happening on the planet right now. And this guy doesn't care. That's <laughs> just what is going on in our country when that's an allowable answer and people actually support this. I believe that's an illusion, guys. That's my point. Right? You know, the... It...
2: I, I think we're obsessing over it on the right a little bit. And look, I, I have been to the website, and I saw, okay, this is okay. This is why people are saying that, because I did look into that. Okay. okay, they say something about a great reset. Right,
4: okay, Okay. so he did look into that, and he means quickly looking and glancing at a website and looking at what they say on the website page. I quickly did my research. <laughs> These are supposed to be our leaders? Yeah, I can see why it went such a bad way. I don't look
2: into it any more than that. Look,
4: okay, oh, and then right there, he doesn't even look into it more than that. But so now you know enough to know that that's why they thought what they did? You hear what he just said? So you spent a year researching this topic, you try to ask him about it, and then he goes and glances at what they say about it on their homepage, and that's it. He's done, and you're stupid. You're dumb. Because he glanced at the front page of their website. My God.
2: It's it's a bunch of people. It, it's, it's an organization that has no... Real power. I mean. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean,
4: he is making a fool of himself. But the bottom line is, what were you about to say there? A bunch of people that what? That what? That get together and talk about policy? Yeah, is that conspiring? By the very definition of the word, because you've made the word "conspire" into something of clownish. Not him personally, but the world today doesn't mean that conspiring isn't a real word. It's just simply gathering together, right? That's why I can always point out that it's in a Christmas song. it conspire by the fire. How can that be a bad word if it's about a Christmas thing? The point is, it's about gathering. Conspiracy theory is about talking, theorizing about people, usually powerful people, that gather and discuss how to make their situation better, usually at the expense of others. But there's a lot of caveats there. So to suggest that they're just a bunch of people, wildly powerful people, that gather secretly and talk about stuff, yeah, that's not alarming. Like, I just can't even wrap my mind around how people can't see that that is at least interesting and and important to, to discuss as a world leader. But nope. Not Mr. Crenshaw. How much you want to bet that he absolutely continues to be in power in his position because that's what they want? Yeah, you you still believe that you vote for these people? Come on, there's a, I could give you a lot of different things I could say right there.
2: Yeah, there. They're, look, there's always going to be people that that maybe. I, I think what they mean by "great reset" is the same thing the Democrats are always saying about about you know what kind of infrastructure they want to invest in redistribution of wealth, that kind of thing. Yeah,
4: so oh, on top of that, whether he's lying right there or not, maybe he's honest, he literally doesn't know what he's talking about. That's not what they mean by the great reset. It's actually very clearly outlined what they mean, and they're literally talking about resetting, rebuilding, building back better. I'm just, okay, I'm done with this point. The point is this guy's a clown. He's very aware that he, and in very clumsy fashion, trying to obfuscate how serious that is in really bad fashion. I mean, he could have at least been like, yeah, it's an important group and they make a lot of important decisions, but it's not as a conspiracy like they make it out to be. He had to go all the way to really dumb, all the way to zero, right? And be like, that's just a group and I don't know much about it and you're stupid. That's, that's the answer. I mean, I'm just baffled at the people that are supposed to be our quote leaders. As I said before you the other day, leaders are not people that are put in power. Leaders are people that lead others, whether or not they're in power. People that are currently in power are not leaders in this country, and I think that's very apparent. On another note, in regard to the partisan media, another point from the left, or excuse me, from the right, this is the, the this is Fox News. Guess what she's talking about? Well, the gun control focus, and she's talking about how Beto O'Rour- O'Rourke's are only focusing on guns, but are oblivious, she says, to the violent consequences of marijuana legalization. Wow, we just took a step back into the reefer madness world, didn't we? Like, I can't see if you think for one second that we can actually come to real conclusions about the evidence around vaccines when we're still debating cannabis, of all things, cannabis. One of the mo- I mean, this is painful and you got you still got people like Alex Bernson out there who are doubling down on their garbage coverage of the past. And I think he did amazing work during COVID. My point is that that's the same group, same people. This, I mean, I, I, that's why I included this link to my top 10 marijuana myths. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. Like gateway theory, how it causes schizophrenia. All these different things are verifiably not accurate. They're more correlation than anything. I, I can go deep in that topic and I've done entire shows about this. My point is that it frustrates me that we're still at this point where we have to, we're still talking about like Jeff Sessions level stuff. Like for like 50 years ago. That you're, If we're going to pretend that marijuana makes people violent, I mean, or, or we're not going to talk about Pharmaceutical drugs? Seriously? I mean, look, how many people, how many mass shooters are hopped up on marijuana? (laughs) I mean, just think about how ridiculous this is. And again, just to make this point clear that people that I respect and work in other fields are still like just Alex Bernison literally blocked me for asking honest questions about his his cannabis coverage. It just shows you that there's a block there for people. And I'm not even trying to insult, I'm just simply pointing out that people don't want to see where they're falling short. And look, we all fall into that. But the bottom line is, this is a partisan level manipulation where we're wedging another issue in here. Why would it matter in regard to the cannabis discussion if we're simply focusing on the gun debate? Which, by the way, I would argue from all sides of this, it gets pretty ridiculous. But the argument simply being that it's an enshrined, in inalienable, shall not be infringed right. You don't just get to start debating these things and just look up Murberry versus Madison. If it's repugnant to the Constitution it's null and void end of conversation so listen to what she has to say Beto, and I'm not trying to drag you into political conversation dr Kamer but you know there but I will though <laughs> fine with going to you know do a run on the guns and I guess you can argue that if that's what you want to do try to you know get rid of the Second Amendment but yet yeah, completely oblivious to what Legalization of marijuana has has done and is doing false. to an entire generation of Americans. I mean, that's just ridiculously clownishly false. That's a stupider statement than than Dan than, than than Crenshaw. I this is painful. These are people in leadership positions, whether media, politics, who are aggressively misinforming people, and I'm just tired of it. Right, I mean, so what? We got to step back into reefer madness, so we can just just have people divide even further. So now maybe you agree with the one side of this debate, but then you're going to go, but cannabis, and and now you're going what? You're going to start arresting people for cannabis again? Like it's amazing that we have more than half of this country that has already voted to legalize rec you know medical or recreational level. And yet, we still have people like this standing up on main positions and arguing that you're causing violence. There is zero evidence of that. You can make a correlation right now with pretty much anything and violence if you really wanted to, right? Look at look at how many people eat fast food and violence happens. Well, you know what? Violence happens all the time, everywhere. And you could make how like you take anything that's pretty rampant, common. Like here, I should I, I can go off on this forever. The point is, people have made very great analogies for like the gateway theory because it's the same kind of thing. To say that, well, you could argue that just because people do certain things when they're growing up, that it means that they're like, that's the argument that, it, you know, they're going to do, they're going to smoke cannabis. Therefore, they're going to do take harder drugs. But it's it's a fallacy because the point is simply that most people that are already in positions and predisposed to, to experimenting, usually because of things that happened before in their life or could just because they choose to. But, you know, abuse and different things drive people in that direction, and it just so happens that cannabis tends to be the easiest, most ra- most commonplace, not therefore that because it starts there that it guarantees they're going to go further. It's just a fallacy, and this has been proven over and over and over, and yet they keep pushing these lines. Now, I honestly don't even think this is anything more than just trying to keep people divided and debating things that aren't relevant, or rather sticking the gun debate in something that's never going to change in regard to cannabis, or however you want to look at it, but this is fake news. It's what these people are. Even if they're talking, if even if you would agree with their stance on the Second Amendment, it's about wedge issues and fake news. They're trying to keep you deceived. And don't forget, by the way, that during Trump's administration, they were all about the, the pre crime and medical pre crime. Using all of these, in this, this case, the one, this article is about using Amazon, this is a Daily Caller, Amazon Echo and Apple Watch to determine if citizens should own a gun. So let's make sure we see that this is not about partisan discussions. As much as he gave a lot of lip service to this stuff, Bill Barr and everybody else was all about the pre crime level to making sure that he was about people that were they did deemed crazy being arrested right if you're on certain medications well you this is not freedom guys this is not democracy this is not any kind of representative government it's all about lip service and the same things happening now on the note of the current administration here is just it's embarrassing to watch how these people these are the people that are running our country as I said, she's simply not that bright. This is the new press secretary. Barely able to relay, and I, of course, typo, which is perfect time to do that, relay the info, both bad grammar and a minimal grasp at best of what she's even talking about. This is the one that can barely look away from the book as she's clumsily trying to read what she's saying and not even getting that right. And I said beyond clumsily delivering talking points and sound bites, And no, that has nothing to do with her skin color, you racist. Because that's what people will try to argue. Next question will be done. Now, this is him asking about inflation. Now, this is, again, very, very, very low brow kind of stuff. It's very obvious. Anybody with two brain cells to rub together can see that their policies have increased dramatically what's happening. Just because you pretend that you only enacted those policies because of what Russia did does not change the fact that your policies are causing what we're dealing with. It's the same thing they tell Iranians, you're starving because your government wouldn't do what we told them to. Okay, well, who's starving them? You are. This is the equivalent of them, you know, you're sitting on your brother's chest and go, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. You're doing that. Just because he won't do what you want him to doesn't mean that he's doing that to himself. It's ridiculous. It's childish. But so we ask them, is he taking any responsibility for the contribution? Not the entirety, but the contribution to inflation. And they still can't even admit that. Listen to this.
0: So I guess the next question would be, does President Biden take any responsibility for his policies potentially contributing to inflation?
3: His policies has helped the economy get back on its feet. That's what his, policy has, his policies has done. I mean, twice
4: there. Twice there. His policies has done. I mean, that's just bad grammar. One, you could give it a mistake. But, I mean, just being honest, that's that's not very bright.
3: Um, This, when we talk about the gas prices right now, this is indeed Putin's gas hike.
4: Okay, what a bright statement. So when we talk about the hike, we touch Putin's hike. Because it's hike and it's a Putin, it's Putin's hike. Because you know you're just roundabout commenting. You're not making any sense. You're not commenting on what he actually asked. You are just regurgitating the basic bottom of the barrel talking points. Putin's hike, a hike, Putin's hike. It's Putin's hike. What that that's Nancy Pelosi level. That's what she did too. Why is that his hike? Explain for me how when most of that started and happened before this even began, how that's all his hike and how his action over in Ukraine alone is somehow immediately translating to our gas prices increasing entirely. The bottom line is their sanctions and their actions before this are predominantly what's caught, what are causing the problem. Everybody anywhere honest knows that everywhere. But here, let me just again, Just his answer is any responsibility to potentially contribute to inflation. This is the response.
3: That's what his policy has, his policies has done. Um, This, when we talk about the gas prices right now, this is indeed Putin's gas hike. This is what we have seen in the most recent months of, of what we've seen at the gas
4: pump. This is what we've seen in the most recent months of what we've seen at the gas pump. So basically what you're saying is Putin's hike, it's what we're seeing at the gas pump. Is that an answer? Is that even, is that even respond? Is that even a, I mean, I don't, this is painful to me, just ridiculous. And it's just, it's her and Pasky and everyone on before them. They're bad, but she's especially bad at this.
3: And so that is a fact we have seen about 60% increase uh, uh, in the past several months. And because of uh, the amassing and his invasion of Ukraine. And so the president, no. his goal right now and what he is frustrated about is what the people, what the American people have to go through and what they are trying to deal with as they are as they are, are, are around their kitchen table. So that is his. <laughs> <right>.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. It's just painful. I feel bad for her almost like she's not good at that. But guys, it's Putin's hike because we know at the gas pumps, that's what the facts are showing at the Gump Pook. Putin's hike is the gas pump and that that's what Americans in their table think about pumps hiking around Putin's discussion. Right. That that was better than she did, I think. (laughs) My God. But just in case you missed the point, it's Putin's hike. That's it. That's their talking point. Now, last two points on the opening here. Doctors confirm trans swimmer Leah Thomas does have an unfair advantage even after taking testosterone suppressants. Now, the point in even bringing this up is because we just talked about that very, very weird story about a trans person taking inappropriate, like uh, not doctor approved actions in- trying to, quote, breastfeed his baby. In taking weird supplements that create some weird milky discharge that's not even milk, and the doctor said as much and said it won't even help the baby. It's not even actually nutri- nutrients for the baby. It's, you're, you're making some weird unnatural discharge and saying you're giving your, breastfeeding your baby, and everyone's going, yay, progress. It's disgusting. It's actually dangerous, and the, and the doctor said as much. So my point is to show you this and show you how, as we watch this happen, just continue to see the wild and disgusting contradiction that is unfolding in regard to trust the science, but only over here, (laughs) right? So here we are again in the situation. This is part two of that. Same thing with the doctors telling you scientifically, this is not safe. We don't know if it's safe. We shouldn't be doing this, but here, sign a waiver and go ahead and, you know, experiment on your own child for your own virtue signaling, okay? So now we're coming to the second part of this. Here's another story also Daily Mail, where doctors have confirmed that this is an unfair advantage for the big swimmer conversation, Leah Thomas, who just won everything as a man who is competing as a woman. And they're telling you, as the Mayo Mayo Clinic, gigantic clinic, the doctor, is saying, testosterone is the 800-pound gorilla which gives biological men an advantage. What they're saying is, even with the suppression and the things she's taking to suppress the testosterone, it's verifiable that she has, he has, an advantage over the women that don't have even suppressed testosterone in their body. Look at that. Okay, now you can think whatever you want about that. You can think offensive. If you think facts are offensive, that's all good. And the next point, that's exactly what we're going to get into. My point is this is science, okay? That's what this is. Now, you can argue that that's not everything, right? Like they do with, you know, constructs, right? Well, no, it's not science. It's about construct. Fine. You can make whatever argument you want. My point is you don't get to stand over here and say, no, 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 you don't trust this science. But then when we want to point over there, you go, but you have to trust that science. Which is funny because over here, you're actually looking at science. Over there, you're looking at narrative framed as science. In any case, you don't get to pick which, where, and how you trust the science. It's just painfully obvious how hypocritical this all is. Now, to that same point, the problem is is they've gotten, they built a world, and don't forget Bilderberg and the post truth world. That was one of their talking points. Well, that's where we are. Welcome to the post truth world. Now, I haven't seen this entire documentary. I'm not necessarily endorsing every, you know, the point is just what this discussion is showing you right here. Now, nonetheless, there's pr- plenty of interesting things in This I have seen, watched. The point is, you should be, al- my point overall is that you should be allowed to ask these questions. You should be allowed to challenge the conversation. And this, as the documentary is called, what is a woman? You have every right to have your own opinion. The fact that they're trying to shout you down from doing so, that's the problem. Even if you think their opinions are gross, which you're allowed to. Now, the point is, here's a conversation between Matt Walsh, I believe, and he's, and he's discussing. I, I mean I'll just have to let it speak for itself and we'll comment afterward I, this actually I almost thought this was a spoof when I first saw this like that can't be real but it is this sure enough is real and this is the broken nature of where we are right now
0: well, I, I'm not even talking about social context I'm just I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth you know
4: yeah I mean I'm really uncomfortable with that language of like g- getting to the truth again in social why, why life. Is that,
0: why is that uncomfortable?
4: Because that, it sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, and, if truth. You, and, and if you keep probing, we're going to stop the interview. I, if I probe I, about what the truth is? You keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. Wow. I'm saying is, to you... How is the word truth
0: condescending and rude? Why don't you tell me what your truth is and you're walking on 30 seconds more of the nights before I get up. What, my
4: truth? if we can't see what a bad way we're in when that is the conversation that the very broad, basic neutral words like truth are subjective now. I mean, this is my point. Everything means nothing and nothing means everything. It only matters when they tell you what things mean in the moment. That guy is so offended because what he probably, I mean, this is my guess, what it shows you is enough crazy, but My guess is that he believes the truth that he's thinking of is not the truth that he believes in. And therefore, when he mentions his truth, it's offensive to him because he believes that truth is not what he believes. It's ridiculous. Now, the point is what it ends up meaning is that the truth is no longer a meaningful word. You know, there's no your truth and my truth. When that started, that broke it all. And that's the point. That was intentional. There's simply truth. The same thing as there's a difference between facts and evidence, right? Or rather, excuse me, evidence and proof because evidence is one thing and evidence can be falsified evidence can be wrong. they're just data points in an investigation but proof is incontrovertible. it's proof it's we, it's over. you've proven this is the case because of the evidence behind it. but once you start pretending that proof can change you know like the, it, this, it's, this it's like sending proof is now subjective. same thing as the word truth. it's simply the truth. Now you can debate what the truth is and have that kind of investigation. And discussion. But his point is that that's offensive to him. And here we are. Where people like that are willing, are able to shout people like that down. And get you censored. Protest and have you removed and, and what's the word? I can't believe I blank on the word all of a sudden. And have you canceled. Right? That's, that's what we're seeing happen today. And that's alarming. Because this is just really basic stuff. And if you think for one second that all of this is not being wildly driven with a very small fraction of the, you know, a fraction of a percent of people in this country that are in this category, yet we're talking like 50% of the time about that topic. The 50 is probably not fair, but way overrepresenting what the actual grouping is. It's really alarming, guys. Now, bringing this over into more of the fake news conversation, this is important in the context of foreign policy. Same idea, by the way, though. This is all about aggressive fake news. Everything they're spinning up right now from every possible angle, and it always has been, guys, in some level, is manipulation. They're admitting that to you by saying that they're in an information war, and now they just got caught for a part of that. This is Ukraine firing its own human rights chief for perpetuating Russian troops' systemic rape stories. Now, what's interesting, when I first saw this and put it aside to look into, I thought it was going to be the other way around. But this is why we are objective and do our due diligence to make sure we don't just assume the story. But I thought, okay, it's a human rights chief that was fired for admitting they were lying. But no, it's quite interesting. It's the reverse, which seems to suggest, or if this is not an agenda in and of itself to make it look like they're being objective, which is also possible, it seems to suggest that there are different factions in the Ukrainian government that maybe don't want to be seen for the way that they're being built, right? That would make sense even, that there are people that still exist from the original government or original society that don't believe what the U.S. government has built there, or the CIA, or the neo-Nazi elements that are overtaking their country. So here's what happened. Over the past two months, an avalanche of stories have hit Western mainstream press, which purported to document instances of mass rape carried out by Russian troops against Ukrainian civilians. Now, I have, to be quite honest, I haven't seen a lot of that. They're saying there's been a, a, an avalanche of stories. I haven't seen that. I've been I'm looking at what they're saying. and I know they're there, but what I have seen is an endless amount of reports of people from Mariupol and different le- cities in Ukraine coming out and admitting that. Saying that this is this has happened that we were abused and raped and molested and so on. It's a lot of them. I wish I wish I could grab this. Hold on, that's not it. I wish there's a, there's a document. Let's do. Shoot. Abuse. Oh, well, damn it. I wish I'd say, I know I have it somewhere, but there's a document that we've gone over. I thought it was the OCE. I thought that was the name of the group, the acronym anyway, where they go over all of this. Where they go over the background. I, th- I probably still have it here if I can look real quickly. In regard to the history, of, and this is during the U.S. government control of the area. That's what's so important for me, is that this is not some uh, old story. Sorry, I'm trying to look while, <laughs> while I'm talking. I can't seem to find it. Oh, well, it's very frustrating because it's a very important report. It was, oh, you know what it was? Okay, I'm done looking. Sorry, I'm taking too much time. I'll find it and I'll I'll try to include it. The point, though, is that they reported on this from an international organization in 2016-17. This is why the U.S. government had control of this area. Which, by the way, is the truth, and I should have to go. Oh, thank you, OSCE. That was it. thank you, Angela. Just threw it out, threw it out there. Let's see. Yeah, nice grab, Angela. Thank you. Yes, this is important. I mean, this is, ing- this is important to grab. Shout out to Orwell in the chat there. So, this guys, this is 2016. Look at that memory, 2016. OSCE supplementary human di- di- dimension meeting April 16th. Now, this guys aren't the hands you can see right here in this picture. Which, by the way, for the podcast is rough. As it says just in the beginning, that's a Ukrainian citizen tortured to death by SBU officers. That's the Ukrainian special services. You read through this, guys, it reads like a horror novel. These are people, and this is Ukraine people, this is Ukrainian government under the control of the U.S.-backed regime hurting civilians. And by the way, what they were doing is trying to suss out Russian control, suss out Russian people, Donbass, Crimea, people that are supportive of the Russian government. And killing them, hurting them, raping them. That's what this talks about. As you can see, there's at least 10 examples in support of rape. An abuse majority, an absolute majority of prisoners are put through mock firing squads, suffer death, and rape threats to their families. It says, they humiliated me and they said they were going to rape me. They threatened to rape my mother, my bride. They could not hear my torment. They captured women and frequently raped them. This is a report from an international organization of the Ukrainian government, most of which are still currently in power, guys. Most importantly of which are one is, is uh, uh, what's his name now, Oslov, I'm forgetting his last name, the guy that was a, a, one of the, Ar- Arzkov, one of the leaders of the Azov movement that was openly Nazi who they pushed aside in 2019, who quietly stepped back into a leadership role right now. Same people, same people, same people in control, raping people, abusing people. Thank you, Orwell. That was important to include. Back to the story. So the point is, this has been there. Now I don't and I've looked for there's I don't see evidence of this allegation being clearly outlined like that on the Russian side. Now, as I said in the beginning, I don't doubt that it would be possible. But to argue like the way they're framing it here seems like projection to me. As it goes forward. It says one particular story in Time magazine took off, of course, driving outrage and condemnation by Western officials and receiving repeat coverage on CNN and other major U.S. networks. You know what that amounted to? Ukraine said this happened. That's my point, guys. That is it. All it takes is a Ukraine entity standing up and saying they did this and it swings across everything in Western media to the point to where people are protesting out front of award ceremonies. But over here, we can have an outline document t- coming from international organizations and have testimony from people in leadership positions, civilians, documentation, pictures, nothing. Why is that? Because there's an agenda around what's happening to Russia. That does not mean the Russian government is good guy. does not mean they're not capable of bad things. It simply means that your government is bad and they are abusing a situation to achieve what they want at the expense of the people they claim they're fighting for. It's gross. It goes on to say, it alleged, quote, a systemic coordinated campaign of sexual violence, relying chiefly on testimony gathered by Ukraine's appointed top human rights representative, the woman in the picture of the main of the thumbnail of the show today. It included a particularly shocking story of 25 teenage girls being gang raped by Russian troops, nine of which became pregnant, according to the report. Spoiler alert, 100% fake. Not a single shred of evidence was found when they chose to investigate on top of what she was saying. I know, shocking, sort of like the Ghost of Kiev, or the Bucha Massacre, or the Kromstock rockets, all the things that we keep showing you are falsified, and they just keep going forward. It's amazing and horrific. As has been the pattern in prior wars, whether in Syria or Libya, the media claims got more and more sensational over time, and over the top as the conflict intensified, and as Western powers became more deeply involved, yet with no concrete or definitive proof. Over and over and over, round and round it goes. But one consistent detail in the majority of the stories is that the aforementioned Ukraine human rights, ombudsman, the leader of this position, Ludmila uh, Denisova, is often the central figure feeding Western correspondents and the shocking rape stories. Isn't that strange? Not at all, in fact, because you know, because you watch this show, right? Which is that it all stems back to pretty much one person saying, they did this, they did that, they're doing this over here. And it parrots throughout the western press and it looks like a lot of due diligence is being done it's not she lied and they all loved to share the story you would like to believe that they're out there investigating and talking to sources and yeah no not really happening is it they're just dumping narratives on you now i'm not suggesting that doesn't happen at all but we need to see how ridiculous this is and factor this in the next time they yell a story at you now what it says is she was featured in April's Newsweek piece, where it says in a Facebook post, <laughs> great, great source material, guys. The Newsweek, look at the face. So a Facebook post by a Ukrainian puppet is enough for them, but we can post peer reviewed science and we get censored as fake news. In a Facebook post, she alleges that an 11-year-old boy was raped by Russians in front of his mother. Sounds like what they did in Iraq, you know, the US government, who was tied to a chair and forced to watch as it happens as it happened in Ukrainian city of Bucha, right? Again, recognize she's the one saying that. So if she's lying about these Russians doing this, can we guess that she's lying about Bucha too? And below is another example among many, which tended to be based on reports, say, for many or most central claims. Yeah, exactly, guys. Russian forces rape minors in Ukraine as they eat stray dogs, which are which ate Russian corpses. Like, it's just clownish, now, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's getting oh, utterly ridiculous. This is getting this is becoming North Korea-level ridiculous. They're making everybody have the same haircut. Yeah, that was a story that legitimately went everywhere in Western press. That Kim Jong-un was making them all make their hair the same way, and they oh, they talked about that for a week. It was utterly, entirely fake news. And then they go, oh, this person's gone. He murdered his brother. He murdered this person, and they show up a week later. They never circle back and go, we were wrong. Oops, our bad. Our sources were wrong. Oh, the CIA misinformed you? Weird. It's pathetic, guys. We need to start recognizing. And here's, I keep saying that, but I'm pretty sure we all do see that. We need to recognize that we all recognize they're fake. <laughs> That's the problem, is they're yelling at this area as if there's a majority listening to them. I don't believe it is anymore. It says, but recently, within the last couple of weeks, as investigators began to dig deeper into the allegations, it seems the media story started to dry up. The geopolitical analysis blog, Moon of Alabama, details what happened in the following. It says, quote, however, a bunch of eager NGOs in Ukraine, hoping for fresh Western money for the new rape consultation and recovery projects, tried to find rape cases. So interesting how gross that sounds because it's the truth. So people see money. Oh, there's women being raped. Well, we can set up shop there. And this I'm not I'm trying I'm making it sound a little bit more gross than it is, but it is that gross. These NGOs are profiting off of the problem. Now, you could argue that they're doing good, and some of them may be, but the point is that that is how that works. These things are essentially trying to find a market, and at the end of the day, you can see a situation where then when that market builds, well, then they have a system set up, and then when that problem goes away, it's in their best interest to make the problem continue because their entire system is set around it. This is just basic reality, guys. The problem is that the same thing happens anywhere else in politics. And we sit, they keep things the status quo our dependence on oil. I mean, there's a thousand things you can see the system maintains when it's not in our best interest. But the point is these NGOs believing the narrative step in trying to find these cases so they can start set up these, you know, have a basis for their, 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 their entire setup. But it goes on to say they were disappointed when they found that there was zero evidence that any rapes had taken place. Now that doesn't mean none had taken place. But what it means is if there's zero evidence that everything she's been spinning of all the evidence she has were lies, blatant, fabricated from whole cloth lies, it says an entire global activist movement even sprang up, which focused on highlighting Russian sexual crimes specifically in Ukraine, based on the premise that Russia's military was specifically using rape as a tool as part of its arsenal to spread the campaign of terror. That was like regurgitated directly from CNN. It was a fake story. As I said, look, a woman shouted, don't rape us, at the security encircled her quickly to take her off the red carpet. The incident again brought the light to Ukraine. All right, so there's ward ceremonies to the point where people are literally marching through to make a statement because they bought the story or because the CIA or the government put them to it, which also part happens. But it says, and now on Tuesday, Interfax, Politico, the Wall Street Journal, and others are now reporting that Denisova, the human rights fake news propagator, has been fired precisely for floating and perpetuating fantastical claims of mass rape without providing evidence. So let's just be clear. Even the Ukraine government, just like they did with the ghost of Kiev, by the way, are stepping up and saying fake news, which I can't explain why, except for the my argument would be that it seems like there may be some people in there that have enough pull to push back. We'll see what happens. But bottom line is, it was fake they admitted it's fake. She got fired because it was fake. But guess what? The narrative didn't stop. Right this moment, you can find progressive and outlets out there pushing this idea that Russia is raping people. And that's why. And even if you push back and say, guess what? It was fake. They go, well, they still do it there anyway. They've been doing it for years. And that's the point. So they're unwilling to admit that they were deceived. So they just fall back into the broad idea. Well, Russia, bad guy. So they must be doing it somewhere. Exactly. Lawmaker Pablo Frolov said Mrs. Denisova was also accused of making insensitive and unverifiable statements about alleged Russian sex crimes and spending too much time in Western Europe during the invasion. Christ, so she's not even in Ukraine. Cool. Sounds like the leader of Yemen who lives in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, it's, it, this is a fake reality, guys. Needless to say, this is an absolutely devastating blow to Ukraine's information war, which has been in full force since the, in, the invasion, as natural uh, the Russian invasion. As naturally in war, each side will enter into propaganda campaign. That's weird. How do they read that? Needless to say, this is an absolutely devastating blow to Ukraine's information war, which has been in full force since the Russian invasion. Oh, that's the end. Okay, I got it. As then, just basically, I agree with what they say there, that every side does this. That's what we have to remember. This is not just Russia, the US, and everybody. Every side involved in a war is trying to deceive people in their interests everywhere. Whether that's because they don't want it to seem that they got hit as hard as they did, or they want it to look more successful than they, you know, they lie. We've seen that. Angry pushback has started already within hours after the news of her removal, including from the U.N. accounts and U.S. media pundits. It says dismissal of Omsbudsman Budman, uh, Denis Denisova is contrary to international standards, undermines independence of important human rights institutions in Ukraine. We call on authorities to take steps to ensure independence of Omsbudsman and abide by international standards and law and practice. Yeah, so basically, we don't care that she lied. How dare you remove her from her position? Wait, so you don't care that she blatantly misrepresented the truth? I got it. You're just you think that getting rid of anybody in that position, even when they lie, is contrary to standards of international independence. Got it. Wow. That's a little bit revealing. The Ukraine's parliament took the drastic steps of dismissing her in such a public manner. It also speaks volumes. I agree with that. Strongly suggesting that Ukrainian officials themselves don't believe the bulk of systemic rape claims. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Read through this report for yourself. They've been doing this to civilians, not just military personnel, civilians, for a long time, long before 2016. Next story, speaking on fake news, again, the idea that they just got caught lying about this story. But let's just jump to the next fake news story, right? Because that's what's happening. Developing, this was May 31st, Russia strikes nitric acid tank at chemical plant, officials say. Okay, which officials? Ukraine officials. You knew that. Giant cloud of face-melting nitric acid. Is that really necessary, New York Post? That's just, that, that's gratuitous. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Face-melting. I mean, how about, why don't you make it uh, genital melting, right? That's why well, that would get more attention, wouldn't it? It's the same point. There's no need for it, is the point. Acid does the trick. They want. They're trying to just manipulate you and catch your attention. Giant clouds of face melting nitric acid spew into the sky. As this, this is the, the the status of our gross Western corporate media. But here's the story. So just be clear. Spoiler alert. This completely boils down to Ukraine said we have no evidence. That's it. But guess what? Everyone's talking about it because Russia did this already. Because we know and we're already spinning up war crimes tribunals for things we can't prove. That's always how this goes. Russian forces stepped up their attack. Now, by the way, could they have done it? Of course they could. But if I have evidence of that, I'll be the first to tell you that I know they did it. You see, they'll try to frame it as us pretending they didn't do it. That's not what's happening here. They just can't stand objectivity. Russian forces stepped up their attack on the battered city of uh, Severodonetsk. Severodonetsk? It's not a problem. It's pretty close, I'll bet. (laughs) The Ukrainians in the chat... Severodonetsk by striking a chemical plant that sent a huge cloud of smoke into the air. Footage taken by a Ukrainian defender shows, which by the way, I I, even that's disputed, I think, because Russians are pointing at the same footage and saying that they're. I'll show you next, showing a spewing cloud of nitric acid as Russian forces push to take a strategic city of of Severodonetsk in a bid to turn the tide of the war. Which, by the way, that's again, that's just their. That's New York Post putting their spin on it. The war has never turned. This is what is becoming painfully clear, even to the Western corporate media and the people blindly, blindly following their garbage. The Russian military has always been in control of this. They've always been doing exactly what they said they were going to do. And in every step, they're showing that the Ukrainian government and military are being pushed back and they're not winning. They're not winning in any way. Now, just because you don't see them overtaking the entire country doesn't mean they're, that they've said they never wanted to. Now, that could be a lie. Now, he could be losing, but the point is what we can prove shows pretty clearly they continue to show that they're taking advantage of the situation everywhere. In this case, too, as they admit, they're being pushed back. They're being surrounded in Mariupol and Avastol and everywhere else. But no, they're winning when you listen to the corporate media. It is painful. The point, though, is a bid to bid to turn the war. That's not what's happening, but let's continue. It says Lugansk governor, who, again, is not somebody in support of this is a puppet of the regime of the Ukrainian side and the U S government said the dangerous chemical release was caused when Putin's forces carry out an airstrike on the chemical plants. Now, could that have been the case? I kind of don't, I, I would argue that it doesn't make sense based on the previous actions. They would aim for that, but could they, if they thought it was in their best interest? Yes. And I've said that a thousand times, but what's interesting is it also could be something that happened by accident. None of that's taken into consideration. So the bottom line is, it seems pretty clear that this did happen. Who fired that's up in the air then that's what any honest reporter would say. Russia's saying they did it. Ukraine's saying Russia did it. That's how you should report this if you're being objective, because there's no evidence one way or the other. But of course, all the corporate Western media says, Russia did this, Ukraine says. But way down the bottom, they go, Russia denies. And they say they don't, you know, they point the finger at the other side. That's just clownish. But it goes forward to say uh, that the uh, that um, the Lukansk governor Said an aerial attack from a Russian warplane led to the chemical release, exposing residents to toxic, toxic fumes in a city with a normal population of 106,000, though many have fled because of what's going on. The Russian investigative committee announced the investigation. Now, that, again, I always point this out. That's what Iran does to do. They These people investigate. Now you could lie, pretend that they're, argue that they're investigating to cover up what they did. Certainly possible. But it's interesting they're investigating. Seems to suggest that they think they have evidence that Ukraine did this. I'm interested to see how that develops. I'm not going to blindly take what Russia says because that's stupid, but it's interesting they would speak up quickly and be like, well, we're investigating this. That's kind of something I would do if I was like, guess what? We know you're wrong and we're going to prove it, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. As going forward, it says a Russian source said in reverse, footage has emerged of an explosion of a chemical tanker, presumably containing nitric acid set off by the Ukrainian armed forces at the Azov plant in uh, Severodonetsk, the Azov plant. It comes as a bombshell report has revealed that Putin could, again, so here is what they're saying. This is the New York Post reporting this. So this bombshell report, of which we don't even know, so the bombshell is that Russia did this. We don't know because that's not what, the evidence doesn't show that, but that's what they're framing it as. Revealed that on top of that, Putin could sacrifice his own army in a bid for a hollow victory in Ukraine to save his skin despite losing more than 30,000 troops. None of which is verifiable. These are hype, these are claims. This is as stupid as the previous claim. About how he's got a blanket on his legs and his face is puffy, so he's probably dying tomorrow. That is the level of our corporate media right now. So why would we argue that he's revealed that he could, first of all, which means we don't know, sacrifice his army? Which isn't that what anybody's doing when they're waging war? Those people are could die they're being used to achieve a goal but anyway they're arguing that they apparently know his intentions which are to you know i guess throw them at this in in the the argument that they're being annihilated they're not they're winning so it's not really sacrificing anything in the way they're framing it and i don't know why that would be a hollow victory if you win it's just it's just childish level framing to save his skin why would it be saving his skin if he's clearly winning and he's about and you're saying he's going to win and because he loses troops I guess the argument would be that thirty thousand is too much. I would argue one is too much. But is that even true? Where does the number come from? Oh, well, let's go. Let's go down and look. Oh no, they don't even cite anything. That's isn't that interesting. What's the bombshell report? And why would you think he could do that? How stupid is this? There's not even a source link for that. That's just New York Post, just guessing. How embarrassing! A top secret analysis of a shambolic invasion. Says the Russian dictator believes thirty thousand of his troops are worth a price worth paying for a small victory. What top secret? Oh, oh, I get it. So the UK government said this is what they're going to do. That's the truth. Why would you believe what the Ukraine or the UK government says Russia believes? If I came out and I said Zelensky feels this way, wouldn't you laugh at me? Because you should. It's really stupid to say that. Because how in the world would I know what he feels? That's what they're saying right there. But there's new report seen by a senior UK official. So by the way, we don't even know if the report is a UK report. It's probably a Ukrainian report. That the UK government is looking at and not telling anybody what it is secret. Or maybe it doesn't exist at all. Warns that Putin's blood sacrifice. That's literally what they framed it as. Maybe a nice step too far for his troops. This is just child level propaganda. Maybe trying to get his own troops to turn against him. But this is my point, guys. This is the same kind of fake news they're spinning up everywhere. And I'm genuinely wondering whether people even buy it at all, anywhere. And they're just claiming that they do. Face-melting nitric acid that Ukraine says. Oh, by the way, there are indeed sending advanced rocket systems. Now, there's debate over how far they can go. The idea of whether they can reach Russia, the argument, I guess, from the U.S. side is no, they can't, which somehow I don't believe that. But in any case, it steps up even further. They're now sending advanced rocket systems. So when we start seeing things blowing up further away, we can we can very clearly remember that the U.S. gave them those capabilities as they blame somebody else. On top of that, you know, just some, uh, other rampant lawlessness news conducted by the U.S. government and Israel and US, U.K. and Saudi Arabia and France and everybody else involved. Goufran Warasne, Warasne, apologies if I mispronounce her last name, a journalist was just shot dead today. Yesterday, excuse me, by Israelis. That's the story. Another one, another Palestinian journalist was shot. Oh, you didn't hear about that on the corporate media? Yeah, I guess they don't care about those kind of people. Makes me sick. The cameraman confronting the soldiers who shot her? You proud of yourself?
3: Right?
4: That person, <clears throat> they murdered that woman for being a journalist, unarmed. Here, look at her laying on. The, look at her laying on the ground, guys. Do <clears throat> you see a gun? Is there a weapon? It's disgusting. Now, your government, or pretty much wherever you are for the most part in the West, is 100% okay with this, as long as it's a certain color person, and as long as it's in a certain area. Doesn't matter. Now we'll get to that in the end when we talk about the water infrastructure and how they're pretending it matters because Ukrainians don't have access to water. You know who else doesn't? Palestinians, people in Iran, people in Gaza, people in Yemen, people in Afghanistan and Iraq, Syria, all of them. But, yeah, weird how we just omit all of those places and go, Iraq Ukrainians can't find fresh water. Maybe it's because they don't want to point out that all of the countries are listed off are in those positions because of US foreign policy. But we'll get there. <clears throat> now one last point before we jump into the, the myocarditis discussion, just to, just to make this point clear, we just said this would happen, and it's not like we didn't expect this. But remember, we just went over all these studies that prove, peer reviewed studies that show very clearly that mask mandates significantly increase COVID risk, mortality risk, in fact. That's the peer reviewed science. And on top of that, a Lancet study that finds that the CDC study they did is completely broken, that when you actually extrapolate it out, it shows no difference. So guess what? My point was, despite the peer-reviewed science, we continue to see that they're going to keep going forward. And the very next day, experts say masks are safe and effective in helping prevent the spread. Cool. No source material? Shocking. Alternatively, here's the source material I provide. Just in case you were curious. All the links to back up what I'm saying. And to peer-reviewed science, by the way. Just just in case. You know, just in case. I'll grab it real quick. Just why not? Right? Show you the, the one that's really important that you need to see. There you go. Peer-reviewed. Peer-reviewed science. But over here, this is the real, this is the real science, right? Because Twitter says, oh, well, excuse me, according to health officials and fact checkers, which ones? Doesn't matter. My point is, guys, no matter how hard we try and how much fat how many facts we put forward, the narrative is just continuing forward. But it doesn't mean we should stop, guys. We're winning. That's the point. Now, here is the myocarditis discussion. Just again, same point. That's why I wanted to do the mask point there so this never ends. They're screaming that people that are taking these injections are are, are at the people that catch COVID and don't have an injection are at more risk of potential myocarditis because of COVID than people that take the injection that they admit can cause an increased risk and has an increased risk of myocarditis. But that's incorrect. Here is a gigantic, almost three quarter of a million person study about specifically unvaccinated patients and whether or not their risk of myocarditis after what they say is COVID-19 is higher or lower than a person who gets the injection. The incidence of myocarditis, pericarditis in post-COVID-19 unvaccinated patients. Guess what? Published April 15th. It's weird. I guess the corporate media just missed this in their aggressive effort to inform you or obfuscate the reality, which is the truth. We aim to study the incidence of post-acute COVID-19 myocarditis and pericarditis. Retrospective cohort study of 196,992 adults after COVID-19 infection in pilot health services members in Israel between March, March, 2020 and January, 2021. Then they had a control cohort of 590,976. Now actually, yeah, so that puts you over, that puts us over two thirds. So over two thirds or over three fourths, excuse me, of a million. It's a lot of people, guys. It's a huge study. Now, nine post COVID 19 patients, unvaccinated, developed myocarditis. That's 0.0046%. And 11 patients were diagnosed with pericarditis. That is 0.0056%. So, just myocarditis, that is nine people out of a little under 200,000, which, by the way, is lower than the normal situation, the normal prevalence of that happening in anybody's situation, right? In the control cohort, 27 patients had myocarditis, which is again, exactly the same 0.0046%. And 52 had pericarditis, which is 0.0088%, which is a little bit of an increase. But overall, the point is people that had nothing, no COVID-19, no injection had a higher risk of both of those things than people that just had COVID-19, but still didn't have an injection, right? The point is, Post-COVID-19 infection was not associated with either myocarditis or pericarditis. Look at that. Their entire standing point here that this is the risk, therefore get the injection, even though we admit it causes the risk of myocarditis, is wrong. Peer-viewed science. Then it goes on to say, we did not observe. And by the way, for those that always say this, and you're right, I just want to make sure you hear that I do counter this when I say it all the time. I just get in the habit of not pointing at it. I'm not suggesting that just because it's peer-reviewed science that therefore it's the truth. You guys should know that by now that I'm very clear about that. My simple point is that they claim peer-reviewed science is the absolute. My point is that if they claim that, why are they not acknowledging this? I very clearly understand the fact that science is an evolving process right? Or I might as well play this right now since we're talking about it. There's a few moments this becomes this relevant.
1: People talk glibly about science. What is science? People coming out of a university with a master's degree or a PhD, you take them into the field and they, they literally don't believe anything. unless it's a peer-reviewed paper. It's the only thing they accept. And you say to them, but let's observe, let's think, let's discuss. They don't do it. It's just, is it in the peer-reviewed paper or not? (laughs) That's their view of science. I think it's pathetic. Gone into universities as bright young people. They come out of them brain dead, not even knowing what science means. They think it means peer-reviewed papers, etc. No, that's academia. And if a paper is peer-reviewed, it means everybody thought the same, therefore they approved it. An unintended consequence is that when new knowledge emerges, new scientific insights, they can never, ever be peer-reviewed. So we're blocking all new advances in science that are big advances. If you look at the breakthroughs in science, almost always they don't come from the center of that profession. They come from the fringe of The finest candle makers in the world couldn't even think of electric lights. They don't come from within. They often come from outside the brakes. We're going to
4: kill ourselves because of stupidity. Well put. Exactly. Academia versus science. Right? And that's the problem, is that they've politicized all of it. Again. They did not observe an increased incidence of either pericarditis or myocarditis in adult patients recovering from COVID-19 infection. That's as clear as it gets. So if there is no observed, and now again, maybe you know, we should use this in conjunction with all the other information we have. And by the way, other than their weird quick ones that are trying to argue something from within the, this whole situation before this and what we're currently seeing is, is the same situation. Right. That before the bottom line is that everything same with the mass conversation, they come out with these hot, these quick flash in the pan studies that do quick, the pump out quick information They do short studies, observational and make an argument. And in many cases, it is the things like he pointing out, which is a false argument that you can't pretend that one is that the risk from covid is this is. Worse than the risk from an injection when the injection is instantaneous and COVID-19 has to happen first for that to be a risk. And many of the people you're pointing at, the kids being the most obvious one, have a very, 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 very low risk of even getting it, let alone dying from it. But then on top of that, this is finding that it's not even true. They do not have an increased risk of either of those things simply from getting whatever we're calling COVID-19. Then the point, though, becomes that they have now admitted and trapped themselves in the reality that the injection that they are giving guarantees you an increased risk of myocarditis. That doesn't mean you're going to get it, right? But it does mean you have an increased risk. That's what they've admitted. So now why would you force these kids to take something that guarantees an increased risk where there is none on the other side of it? But you see my point with the mass conversation, this won't matter. They'll pretend like it's not here. The experts that think they're experts that are only going on the CDC says don't even know this is there. And they're going to shout you down because you're not trusting the science. I'm not saying I have all the answers and I know this is the truth, but what I do know is that this is enough to suggest that to, to, to not suggest to clearly outline that you have the choice, even though you did anyway, that's the point on top of that. Here's the one that I'm going to include that we already talked about new study links COVID vaccines to 25% increase in cardiac arrest for both males and females, because this is a new post in Israel national news, but we've covered this study back in April increased emergency cardiovascular events among under 40 population in Israel during vaccine rollout and the third COVID-19 wave. Study based on data from emergency services, so EMTs, I don't know why that wouldn't be included already. That's one of the arguments the study makes is why wouldn't we include that? Because it shows you something different. That's probably why they don't include it because it shows you something they can't hide. COVID infection itself not linked to significant increase in cardiovascular complications. So it's yet another angle Another study is saying, look, COVID infection is not connected to the increase of myocarditis. It's pretty clear. A new study by Israel researchers and published in Nature, a very highly regarded outlet, has revealed an increase of over 25% in cardiovascular-related emergency calls in the young adult population following the rollout of COVID vaccines, which is a correlation. So there could be some other reason. Among both males and females, no similar increase was found due to COVID infection alone. Except that puts a little stick in the spokes, doesn't it? You would argue that if they had that increase in general, that you would find it with increase, with the infection alone, or with infection as well, if it was something else. Very telling. But then of course, taken in conjunction with this, it becomes pretty obvious what we're seeing. Here's the study. And by the way, the, the best part of this, guys, is the thing that Robert Malone pointed out is this is unprecedented. The idea that we're at this point now where you can have peer reviewed studies from highly regarded experts that are accepted by peer-reviewed process by a highly regarded outlet like Nature, and then the editing team swings around and goes, uh-oh, we're going to review this because people are complaining. That's not how this is supposed to work. That's breaking the process. If the process is broken, then dissect that but it's not because they have peer-reviewed by other experts in their field and they agree it's sound. And the editing team steps in and goes, we disagree. So why don't you just run it by the editing team then before you post this thing, post these things because they know that's not sound. That's not how it's supposed to work. This is politics pushing through the science. And that's, it's unprecedented to see editing teams remove peer-reviewed studies after they've been posted. I mean, that's never happened before COVID-19. At, or in, in the context of what we're seeing it as today. Here's what it says. Readers are alerted to the conclusions of this article are subject to criticisms that are being considered by the editors. There's always somebody, the point is criticize it, then do a scientific study that discusses the shortcomings or do an article about why this is unsound. You don't attack the study and remove it. This is the equivalent of removing statues of history. You are hiding the findings because you don't agree with it. Doesn't mean it isn't sound or that it doesn't have a, place in history because it's real. A further editorial response will follow all once all parties have had an opportunity to respond in full. So now you're going, okay, you've published this. It was peer reviewed. They found it sound. Now we need you to acknowledge that we don't think it's sound. What do you say about that? What do you expect them to do? Most of them are going to cower and pull back because they want to continue to have a job and funding. It's just painful how obviously dishonest all this is. And finally, just to show you what it says at the bottom, It says, first, it's important that surveillance programs of potential vaccine side effects and COVID infection outcomes incorporate EMS so that the medical services like EMTs and other health data to identify public health trends and promptly investigate underlying causes. That won't happen, though, because exactly like you're seeing here, specifically prompt investigation is needed to better understand and potential underlying causes of the observed increase in cardiac related EMS calls and increase public awareness to post vaccination adverse events. They don't want that, though. It is essential to raise awareness among patients and clinicians with respect to related symptoms, chest discomfort, shortness of breath, following vaccination or COVID-19 infection to ensure the potential harm is minimized. They don't want that, though. They don't want you to even acknowledge it's happening. They want to blame it on something else. These implications are further underscored by the continued administration of additional vaccine booster doses to the public because of the waning vaccine immunity against COVID variants. Exactly. They're not working, but we don't like to talk about that. Moreover, recent studies have also demonstrated that association of increased risk of myocarditis with the administration of the adenovirus vaccines, in addition to mRNA vaccines, increased the number of individuals that could be susceptible to potential vaccine side effects. As well, that can benefit from enhanced vaccine surveillance programs. So they're admitting we know this causes myocarditis. The, and we know the injections do. Therefore, we should be keeping an eye on this. It underscores the need for the thorough investigation of the apparent, apparent, obvious association between COVID 19 vaccine administration and adverse cardiovascular outcomes among young adults. They all know this is happening, yet they're still forcing this on young children. This would be critical to better understanding the be- the risk benefits of the vaccine and to inform related policy, public policy, and prevent potentially avoidable harm. The point is, guys, they have established what they want people to think is the risk-benefit analysis. Don't you know? It's safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. They can't start saying something else. So they don't want to see this. They don't want to crit- be critical to better understand the risk benefits because if they start going, well, it's not as safe and effective as we thought, they lose everything. So this gets buried, they get pushed aside, and they blame it on something else. I mean, why would they say anything other than safe and effective if they've been screaming that it's safe and effective this whole time? It's very, very obvious. Now, we also know this has continued, the collapsing athlete story. For those that pretend this is a fake news, whatever people say about this site, it can't be fake news when they literally cite every single story back to corporate media. Which, by the way, then sort and they not the corporate media necessarily by itself, but also the, the stories of their hospital. They, all of this stuff has source links to a story that proves one, that they had an event and two, that they got an injection. That's it. And that's all they're saying that these many athletes, not just people, but uh, not broadly just anybody, but specifically athletes, the most healthy among us in most cases, got an injection and then had a cardiac arrest or serious problems. 1,056 of them just since the, I think it was the 2021 forward, and 9, 690 of them have died after the injection, not proving that we know it was the injection that caused it. That's, that is exp- that is so much more than the actual studies. There's been a FIFA study and an NIH study, both of which found that is exponentially more than they would expect in a, in a one to four year period. I've done entire stories on this. Yet it's not there. We're fake news and we're censored because that's what they don't want you to see. Now, on that note, guys, guess what's happening that I just was informed about in regard to children. Even though we know this, and even though peer-reviewed science is finding this, the White House just said, first COVID shots for kids under five years old, possible on June 21st, if the regulators authorize it. Right, so we're still emergency authorizing these things. Emergency authorizing them. Why? God knows why. There's no legitimate reason for it. They tell you we're out of the pandemic phase. They tell you this is not as dangerous, yet we're still, and they even tell you that we have an approved version over here that they're not letting anybody use because they would then be subject to it, do lawsuits. But the point being that we're still emergency authorizing it. Every single category is broken in that regard. It's not 50% effective, even even relative risk reduction, which means it shouldn't be emergency authorized. That shouldn't even exist anymore. That they have alternatives, like even they're claiming Paxlovid, but we also have ivermectin. Those automatically take that off the table. We also have an approved thing. They say all these things make it. They shouldn't be allowed to emergency authorize anything, let alone for children that literally do not need this or are at risk from this. Then realize that they're telling us right now with the peer-reviewed science that they are at risk from an increased risk of myocarditis if they take this injection, but not if they get COVID, which they're not at risk from. Isn't that crazy? It's disgusting and outrageous. You're giving them something that puts them at risk. And don't forget that myocarditis, mild cases of myocarditis, increase the risk of whoever gets it between 25 and 56% of death, mortality over the next 10 years, even if it's mild. That's what they're doing to these kids. That's all peer reviewed science. I've talked about it a thousand times. But who cares, right? Just like the masks, safe and effective. Well, that's not what the science just said. Well, who cares? Experts say safe and effective. That's the narrative. Now, James Freeman's pointing out, on top of all of that, other places in the world are making it clear without saying it, essentially, that they are hurting people. Thailand's National Health Security Office has paid out so far $46 million in compensation to over 12,000 people who have been injured by COVID-19 injections. Something's going on that they're not talking about. Here's a story for yourself to read right here. Here is another CEO of a large insurance company also saying the same thing we've heard from multiple people involved in the insurance groups. Why is nobody talking about what they're talking about other than independent media? Why is nobody admitting that what they're seeing is unexplainable other than realizing the injections are dramatically hurting people? Listen to what he said.
0: When you see a 1,100% increase in all cause morbidity and mortality, that means something systemic has caused this problem. So you would see a natural, uh, actually an abnormal increase in all-cause cancer, um, heart issues, inflammation issues, blood clotting. And, and I can actually send you what that looks like on a per malady basis. But when you see all of them, Arising rising to, to hundreds of percentiles in a class of people who are physically fit from 1845, these are all military people, there is only one cause for that, and that is the destruction of their immune system. So that is the vaccine-induced autoimmune deficiency syndrome. We know that this now. In fact, it's, it's in science all around, and the Israelis, uh, you know, they're ahead of everybody else today. They already published papers on this. Everybody knows that. So the short, the short answer to this whole thing is that everybody that got the shots was given some form or level of AIDS, autoimmune deficiency syndrome.
4: And that, That's the important thing, guys. Is you don't necessarily associate that with the propagandized, politica, politicized discussion of HIV and AIDS. It simply means autoimmune deficiency disorder, right? That's what we're talking about. That's the pro- and that that's just that can be caused by an, a discussion of HIV and AIDS, or it can be caused by other problems that you can do, you know, create that situation in your body, other forms of immunodeficiency and auto That's what we're talking about, right? So that's when we say vades we're simply talking about vaccine induced autoimmune deficiency, which is causing very real problems for people. It's obvious. That's my what's what he just said. There's science peer-reviewed and otherwise. It's everywhere. The only thing stopping this from being as obvious as it is for some people is the corporate narrative. That's it.
0: The ones that got the one shot, it seems that they have about 30% of their natural immunity um, destroyed. By the time they get three shots, all their natural immunity is completely gone. And we're seeing that with our doctors, experts that are testifying in their practices, including on-base and off-base um, doctors that have come to see us. The real epidemic is now. The, I happen to be in the morbidity business. I'm the CEO of a large insurance group, and we underwrite morbidity risks, principally disability, accidents, sickness and health. Based on what it is we are seeing, the, the rates right now, excess mortality at 84%, excess every kind of disease at 1100%, we are expecting a 5,000 or so percent increase in excess mortality for this year.
4: Wow. That's just incredible. And just to clarify, as Checkpoints pointing out, the 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 acronym is acquired immunodeficiency disorder, autoimmunity disorder. There's a, there's different categories of all this. The point is that it's ruining your immune system, right? That's what we're talking about. Now this is this is just giving a name to something. The point is that it's ruining your immune system to the point to where you are not able to fend your fend for yourself anymore. Art and I guess the argument being clumsily that the injections will then help that, but that's not that's not even happening. It's it's unreal absolutely unreal. And then talking about the cover-up, which by the way, I should have said at the beginning, I'm going to speak to the Twitter, what happened on Twitter yesterday after this, because that's what we're really getting into here is the obscene cover-up of vaccine COVID injection risk. But as Wits Jenston points out, women under 40 are increasingly dying of a sudden killer disease. Gee, what could that be? The campaigner has warned blood clots can occur in people of any age and strike those who are seemingly fit and healthy. Urgent warning to win under 40 after a sharp rise and sudden killer. Guess what? No mention of the obvious thing that's obviously causing obvious blood clots. But, you know, <laughs> great journalism, guys. Now, I'm not even saying we can know for sure. There could be other things involved. But if you can't acknowledge that the thing they've admitted can cause blood clots, it can't. could be has to be a part of this. Like if you're watching a sharp rise in this problem, And you look at the possible culprits, and on the table, you have a discussion of an experimental mass given injection that can cause blood clots, and you don't mention that. That's a huge, that's an elephant in the room. That's insulting. But here they are. That's what they're doing everywhere. They know they're not supposed to point at it, which is more obvious than pointing at it. That's incredible. Here's another example New York Times writes this is uh, two days ago during the Omicron wave death right sword for older people. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Could it be the extra not dangerous Omicron suddenly just weirdly only hurt old people? Or could it be that old people are increasingly dying because you're giving them dangerous injections at a higher rate, right? How about the fact that we've showed you many, many times that their own documentation makes very clear. I can grab this really quickly. I think it's 90 something. At old people, as in this document, they refer to as elder, uh, 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 frail people with comorbidities. Here it is. Glad I found that quickly. As I've showed you before, same with pregnant pre- people, immunocompromised. They don't know if it's safe. But here's the one I'm getting at today. Use in frail patients with comorbidities, otherwise known as elderly people, predominantly. Right? That's what it says right there. There is limited information on the safety of the vaccine in these people. Old people, frail people with com- comorbidities. I mean, it's amazing. So we don't know if it's safe for pregnant women. We don't know if it's safe for immunocompromised, which is what it says, right? Uh, the safety is unknown. Same with pregnant women. Not fully known. <laughs> Good, Changing it up. And yet they're still giving it to them. My point is, if you don't know if it's safe for them, and you know, I mean, what, we're not going to be like, maybe that hurt them? No. Nope. Must be Omicron. Read it for yourself. There's no real, the only connection is, well, Omicron's happening. And we saw a soaring of old people dying. Well, that must be COVID because there's no other possibility. Well, there obviously is. But that's the kind of, you know, objective reporting you're getting from the corporate media. And then, of course, we get this reporting. So taking that at face value, well, guess what? Omicron was more deadly for older people. Well, that's not true. It could be. It says Omicron more deadly for older Americans than Delta. You see my point? That's coming from a report that simply says, well, while this was happening, there was a soaring rate of old people dying. I think we know what's causing this, guys. All the evidence points to the obvious reality that this injection is hurting lots and lots and lots of people. But just because it correlated and lots of people died of elderly of elderly status during Omicron, the report then becomes it's more deadly for older people. But that's not the truth. It certainly could be one of the possibilities. But they're so desperate to hide this that they're making it more obvious than they think. Now, why, why, just to kind of add to how ridiculous this all is, I wanted to point this out as well. Dr. Eli David points out this Israeli man, a 75-year-old man, was sentenced to prison today because he went swimming alone during lockdown. Let that sink in. That's the reality of this story. 75-year-old man went to swimming, went to swim in the sea by himself during the time he wasn't allowed to, so he's going to be sent to prison. <laughs> That's your future. You're not allowed to break the rules, even if they're stupid. As stupid as something like this. As they tell you, for sure, there will be another pandemic. Infectious disease experts say here are six ways we can prepare for it. It's inevitable, right? You're in the biosecurity state. Their argument is well, it's been building for 20 years and now it's just getting more common or you're hyping and pointing at things you want us to look at. Either way, I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't be safe, take precautions. The point is that they don't have the right to dictate your life because of what they say is happening. And even as the WHO in the past has called people like Fauci out for you know, infectious disease experts advocating for the disease of their interest. All too welcome for the boon based on the narrative. This is what they said in their WHO discussion in 2011 about how they would lie about things like H1N1. Pandemic's of fear, they called them, and they still point to them today. Oh, but guess what? It's a very high-level discussion between the creator of Family Guy and Dr. Fauci. I'm not making this up, guys, for the podcast. That's literally what this is. Dr. Fauci, or rather, Mr. Fauci, director of the NIH, NIAID, was interviewed by the Family Guy creator, Seth McFarlane, about lessons the nation learned from the pandemic. You know why that's happening? Because exactly what people like Carrie Mullis said. If he actually debated people that knew what they're talking about, he would look like a fool. Or anybody, for that matter, that would challenge him on the things they float. That's why they talk to these, you know, partisan podcasters that can barely string sentences together. Or because they want it to look like they're, it's, it's embarrassing. Now, whether Seth MacFarlane knows that he's simply towing the line or not, doesn't even matter to me. They are. He's a tool in this situation being used. Now, it says this is the most teachable moment the world has had. Yeah, not the way they want you to take that, though. It is the most teachable moment the world has had about how we can be abused by people in power. But he goes, quote, on the other hand, we're really at risk of heading full steam ahead into the neglect phase of the panic-neglect cycle. It's only a panic-neglect cycle because you scare people based on fake information, then they pull back from you and you point at that as neglect, and it goes around and round and round. How embarrassing. They're pushing this on you, and if you don't push back, It's going to happen. Now, on the cover, on the Twitter point of this, I just want to make sure we're clear on the fake news discussion that we were just censored for 12 hours, of course, with their, you know, childish level of going, you know what you did. We're going to give you 12 hours to think about it, and then we're going to make you delete it like there's some kind of parent rubbing your nose in a problem. Like, how ridiculous is that? what hubris they have like how dare you just delete the tweet if they violate the rules what's this stupid process for like we're going to learn our lesson about this is social engineering that's what this is even youtube now has a thing that pops up that goes did you know that most creators don't don't ever have a second offense yeah because they're cowards they're afraid to be shunned by you the point is we're no longer afraid of your censorship you utter weak feeble people that's what we need to get to guys not afraid of their censorship. This is the point I'm going to show you here is that hopefully we can build to a point to where I, we can just hop to other platform, other pirate channels or whatever else. If we're not afraid of them censoring us, then they have no power over us. As I said, I was in Twitter timeout again for yesterday covering uncomfortable yet verifiable facts they don't want discussed, such as the obvious cover-up of the adverse events that we just went over in another frame or Fauci's monkeypox grant, which is verifiable, or the failure, again, of Pfizer-Mectin, once in the trial and once in regard to the recent administration of it, which is actually causing a rebound of the virus. But who cares if it's all factual? We can't allow it to happen. They actually make you delete it, like I, I, just, I just said that point. Oh, and the point was, guys, why, so they deleted this image, or this post, which was just the Odyssey post of that of that show. But yet, weirdly, left alone... The pinned tweet <laughs> that was right there for my website has the same title, everything. Why is that? Why was that not an issue? Because it was the, uh, the other one's the one that got the reach. And this is the point they keep making. They censor it because it's getting too much reach. They don't care what you say if it's not influencing people. Here... Is what I did when I got censored. I wanted to make a point about going on these other channels that I have, people that send me to make a statement about this. So, right now, if you're out there and you're seeing these channels or any other pirate channels, it's may, maybe a minute again before I use them, but make sure you follow them. Now, be clear these people run their own channels. I have no influence over what they say, what they do. They've simply given me the ability to step in and put the image in the background and start using it to talk about these things if and when I'm censored. Just be clear that I don't endorse or support. I mean, I I might, I probably do, to be honest, support most of what they're saying because they're kind of, you know, supporting me, but I just don't know what they're posting. They could say something that I don't agree with and blah, blah, blah. Nonetheless, they'll still be used to to pretend, you know, look at what Ryan's doing. They want to make fun of you. That's what they do. They're subjective and dishonest, but follow these channels. Follow this channel follow this channel, follow any of these channels that anyone out there that are T-Lab pirate channels because eventually I maybe use them when I get censored because it's going to happen. I'm not slowing down for a second. But I said under this T-Lab pirate channel, so which is literally the name of this one, so Twitter put me on timeout again. And I don't get to find out what I did wrong until after 12 hours. How childish. And then, interestingly enough, after I went to that one, guess what, guys? Everyone showed me weird. They're suddenly not allowing these tweets to be used. I'd never used this before. But suddenly, after I changed the name, suddenly it just wouldn't let people read. Isn't that funny? So I jumped to the next one. I said, how about this T-Lab pirate account, Twitter? Will you hide this one behind an air or two? Or are you just censoring any account with a T-Lab image, which is pretty ridiculous? T-Lab has been censored, again, for reporting facts. Check for yourself. And all of these are still up, by the way, with the link to the thing they said was unacceptable. <laughs> is that weird and very subjective? But then the, the main point here. Is th- um, This is why it got censored. Now, no way am I saying this is a bad thing. Absolutely love Brooke Jackson and a shout out to her and how courageous she is. She shared this tweet after the show that I put, uh, that was the the image right here. It was the obscene cover up of COVID ri- jab risks and the whole thing. She, tw- she uh, shared that tweet and said, folks, please follow and share. The amount of verifiable information Ryan shares sites provided links to is incredible. Guy does his homework. Thank you for all the lessons you've taught me, Ryan. Side note, he's also one of the musician. Absolutely thank you, Brooke. You're a fantastic person. If you haven't supported and followed Brooke Jackson, I recommend you do because it's very important what she's doing. I've interviewed her twice in the past. You can find both those interviews on the website. But my point is, it got reached quickly. She shared this, and within moments, it was being shared quite broadly, and then they shut it down instantly. That, that's why they do this. That's why this is still there. That's why this one's still there. Because it wasn't about the fact that it was on my account with not a big following because we've been centered four times, but because that Brooke was putting it in front of people they didn't want to see it. I mean, you can't get much more obvious than that. Just recognize how they're desperate to hide the truth. Because it's all verifiable. As always, you can look at the source material and find out for yourself that this is easy to verify. Now, on that same note, there's. An, I, I want to shout out a new, uh, or I guess on a different note, but a shout out to a post from the Children's Health Defense, Surprising Worldwide Epidemic of Monkeypox, May 31st. Now, it's an article that goes into a bunch of the information, but of course, it 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 uh, puts on the interview with Taylor Hudak and Professor Christian Perone, uh, Perone uh, about the monkeypox and the true nature of public health organizations. So it's nice to see them shout this out. Weirdly enough, though, I'm not sure why the link goes to the homepage and not the actual interview. And they, I guess, uploaded this on their own thing, which I'm not sure why. But the links are here. It's down here. Last American Vagabond with the links to the different pages and the actual interview. So it's good stuff. But I just found it strange that it's clipped out the intro and it's like on its own page. I found that to be odd. Right? They could have just shared the Odyssey link or the Super U link or any of the other ones. But nice to see it shouted out. And I think it's important that we're collaborating. That's what we need to continue to do. I'd actually love to have RFK Jr. on the show. It'd be very important to discuss. I had a lot of great things to discuss with him. In any case, I think it's great that they're shouting it out because it's a really important interview. It really is. It's one of the only I've seen that are, it's this in-depth with this high level of an expert on specifically monkeypox and how his opinion is this is not natural. It can't be. It just can't. Going forward on that same note, guess what? We're, we're, we're getting up there, guys. People are starting to call us fake news on the mainstream platforms. That's how good we're doing. (laughs) So here, this is a huge platform in France, I believe. Was it France? Yeah, I believe it's France. Shoot. I don't want to misquote it. uh... Yeah, that's French, right? Yeah. Pretty sure. (laughs) So in any case, the point is a huge mainstream outlet that Taylor showed me this. Here's the Wayback Machine, uh, not translated version. Just so we have that as well, in case it changes. But here is the article. Monkeypox. Is the appearance of simultaneous cases around the world naturally impossible? Which is exactly what Professor Perron said. Because it is. <laughs> I mean, science, mathematically speaking, I mean, in so many different levels, it's quite obvious this was not legitimate. For, there's a lot of reasons that could be. It doesn't have to be some massive conspiracy. I believe there's obvious stuff like that happening. But it could just simply be that it's the... COVID illusion rising up again still because the infrastructure is there. PCR tests and you know, misrepresenting shingles and chickenpox and everything else as what they think it is, or vaccine side effects that look just like it, and so on and so on. There's a lot of ways you could look at it. But the point is, he is an expert, one of the a world renowned expert. And yet they challenge what he says because it goes against what they believe. So you have people like this guy. Where is he? Right here. This guy. Thomas Desbutt, he's the author of this, blue-checked and all, pretty small following, who is standing up and acting like he knows more than Professor Prone. Right, now he's a writer, you have a right to say what you want, speak on these things, but to act like you're a fact checker, to come in here and act like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, not because you can prove he's wrong, but because that challenges what we're supposed to think, is just disgusting and embarrassing for them. So please feel free to tell them what you think. Well, here's what it says. Dismissed. uh, Let's get to the the point here. Where was it? Oh, that's right. I forgot. I didn't tell you guys. My computer crashed three times today before I was trying to get set up. I had to re-highlight stuff more than once. This one, I guess I forgot to do. So dismissed at the end of 2020 from his duties as the head of Infectious Tropical Diseases Department. Again, this is the point. What does that have to do with the sound, with the, the facts of what he's saying, right? If that claim is it's not naturally possible, what does that have to do with whether or not he works somewhere that he used to work? The whole point of this is to outline, one, that he doesn't work there anymore and that that here's what TLAF does. Therefore, you should question what this guy is saying. That's what they're doing. Before looking at the substance of his words, like why is that even what you do? If the argument is here's what he's saying and here's why it's fake, why would you go before you even look at that? It should be noted that his speech is taken from an interview lasting more than an hour. Given to the last, given to, okay, I was gonna say, I thought they took the name out, to the American journalist Taylor Hudak on behalf of a site called The Last American Vagabond. Look at that, making waves, huh? When we look at the previous interviews conducted by the person concerned, Taylor, we see that she spoke in the context of COVID with guests regularly accused of spreading false information. Oh, I see. So the fact that other people not even listed or notated, is it the guy on Facebook, right? Is it the guy at the corner store? Is it a high level? Is a high level politician? Is it a doctor? Who cares? They've been accused by somebody out there of spreading false information, right? That's the level they're throwing out there. And so because Taylor has spoken with people that were accused of that, therefore, we should undermine that this guy's telling the truth. That's their argument. I mean, I can't even believe this is something that's even given creed. They should have walked away from this article if that's what they have. Whether it was the Canadian doctor, Roger Hotkinson, another wildly, highly credentialed and very intelligent person who claimed the virus was a hoax, which is not even exactly what he said, by the way, but the, you know, they don't care about the facts and that the masks were useless because they literally are based on the peer reviewed science. You see my point? These guys don't know what they're talking about. Who claimed that the virus was, or even Professor McCullough, who claimed without evidence, they say, claim without evidence that vaccines killed several thousand people. You mean from the Bayer system, which the CDC literally just used to argue with something about myocarditis, but McCullough points at the same system and he does that without evidence, apparently, even though that's actually evidence, not proof, but evidence. Apparently this guy doesn't know what the word evidence means, right? I mean, come on. If, that, if he's saying McCullough said anything ever without evidence, he's an idiot. McCullough cites everything he says with something, You could argue it's not proof, but they're data points, they're evidence, they're scientific studies. In my opinion, he's one of the most soundly backed people that are arguing these things. But this guy literally has the goal to say no evidence. But yeah, let's go on trusting everything else he says after that, when he makes such a blatantly false claim. The videos that these exchanges are hosted on, not on traditional platforms like YouTube, except they all are though, because this guy's dumb, but on Odyssey site, where many players from the comms full uh, oh wait is this some kind of a translation error comms full fear i think i said something different before in any case meet basically many players of the conspiracy area meet and for good reason moderation is very limited allowing free dissemination of false information another way you could read that is the free dissemination of information which they don't like sure some of that may be false that's why, you know, as a grown-up, you show discernment and you question things, as you do with the government, too, and disgusting fact-checkers like this site, right? But because it's limited and how they allow the free flow of information, you shouldn't trust it. That's actually what they're saying. But on top of that, guys, most of these are on YouTube. I should have pulled up McCullough's interview. That's still on YouTube right now. God knows why. But they either they didn't care to look or they don't care. Or I said the same thing. Even they don't care or they don't know or they're too stupid. That doesn't even matter. The point is they're wrong. And these are the fact checkers. And you know how easy it is to take 10 seconds to just look? But because it doesn't go with the narrative. So they either lie or just say what they're supposed to say. These elements of the context posed, what do you think of the arguments of the professor? What does any of that have to do with his actual argument and the science around that argument? Nothing. They just want to spend four paragraphs making it sound like this guy's a conspiracy theorist. So when they get into his scientifically backed arguments, you just go, well, he's interviewed with Taylor and last American Vagabond, so it's probably fake news. That's what they want from you. They're aimed at the lowest common denominator. It's embarrassing. They should be embarrassed, but they probably don't care. Anyway, he goes on to make the arguments you can watch in the interview. And they're sound. Now, he's not saying for sure. He's speaking on his own opinion. But they can't let that stand. They can't let any real expert have an opinion that challenges the narrative because that undermines their agenda. So they attack them by undermining personalities. They don't attack the claims they attack. It's it's an ad hominem attack. That's what that means. Questions remain to be answered. Little known and little studied until now, monkeypox will see its understanding progress. We are going to witness an improvement of knowledge and diseases. Goes on to say, we observe a real need for the knowledge. Like the point is, Sorry, this is, again, you could tell that I had this highlighted. I'm trying to find them important points. It is not at all naturally impossible to see cases of monkeypox emerging in various places around the world simultaneously. But the point is, guys, it's not possible for something that historically before this has been almost, like, next to impossible to spread this fast. And the fact is it happened simultaneously in multiple locations at the same moment, yes, that is, at the very least, wildly implausible because of how difficult this is to spread, especially from human to human. But of course, that's why they throw in the unusual case. So why are we even calling it monkeypox if we're not even sure if it's the same thing? You see my point, and he's simply arguing from a standing point of what we currently know about this situation. Simply saying, with what we know, it's naturally impossible. But it's like some idiot on Twitter said, well, because there's not, the planes don't exist till we know for sure it's not possible. So the argument would be that, yes, because they simultaneously got on planes that ex- just happened to simultaneously go to exact locations at the same time, right? Land at the same time, spread at the same time, and then pop up at the same time, simultaneously across 12 countries, which is what they say happened. But that makes sense, right? Because planes, not math doesn't play a factor at all, right? Or that they're different dire- different lengths apart from each other, times apart, spread. I mean, I could go off on a thousand reasons. why just, it's really, really ridiculous to claim. The point is, guys, they want to go after us because we're willing to engage in the story. But their fact check doesn't even fact check the facts. It's a narrative check. That's it. And they go on to say, but, but the narrative says this. So you're not allowed to say that. So fake news because Last American Vagabond. That's what they're doing. And she goes through it and, and makes her own points on this. You can read it for yourself. Right, exactly. Because we do post to YouTube. It's constant. But here he is. Feel free to check him out. Let him know what you think about his garbage narratives. And here's the platform itself. Now, the point here, guys, is that this is something that is easily manipulatable. The PCR test is already being used as definitive test to confirm what this is. We know there's a grossly obvious, overwhelmingly obvious amount of false positives in this test, as admitted to by anybody honest. So, the very least, we know that this is being used, so therefore there could be an illusion happening. All this stuff matters, but that doesn't. none of that plays a factor in these fact checks. But the point is, they're desperate to hide this behind the wall of conspiracy theory, which is one of the most insulting terms out there today, because it's just childish. It is a lowbrow argument that has no basis in reality. Of course, there are people that discuss theories about conspiracy, conspiracy that may be false. Why is that wrong? Because you say that leads to dangerous things. Well, you know what else leads to dangerous things? Military. (laughs) War. Invasion. Regime change. But no, who cares about the actual real-world violence and kinetic war? Let's talk about the hypothetical. About how your theories that challenge our narratives could lead to white supremacy attacks. That's what, that's what they're doing. They're shifting away from their obvious, overt militarism, their war, their violence, and pointing at us as people that are challenging them. Now, does that mean that there is no case of people that believe crazy things and carry out violent acts? Of course not. There are possibles in any scenario you want to spin. But it does not mean that's where everything should be focused while they're literally destroying countries right now. Here's the New York Times. Do you know someone who believes in conspiracy theories? Well, we want to hear about it. Well, this is almost like a clumsy way of saying report your neighbor, report your family member, right? Share your experience if you or a friend or a family member believes or once believed in popular conspiracy theory. That's not even a joke, guys. They want you to list this out, type their names, give them the address, tell them where they are, what they're doing, and what they're thinking. What do you think is going to happen then? Who knows? The bottom line, though, conspiracy theories have become an increasingly common problem in the United States. Yeah, to the government. From QAnon to misinformation about COVID vaccines. Right. You mean misinformation like this, about how myocarditis is not a risk unless you get the injection, or like this, where we know that it increases your risk of cardiac arrest or any thousand other things you talked about. Is that fake news? They sure as hell call it fake news. Is it? No, not even remotely. But apparently that's what they list right there. Many Americans have accepted ideas that are not backed by science or facts. Yeah, such as that this thing is safe and effective. The point is they go on to just say, well, if a friend or family believed or once believed in things like this, tell on them. Let us know what they think. That's crazy. And guess what, guys? Just to make sure you saw what I saw in this, even though the image in this is different. Of course, they show the queue and it's all Republican framed, the whole thing. Same white vanilla ISIS agenda. But look at what they use in the picture that they shared when you posted online. We the people? Why is we the people? A conspiracy theory, or even associate, because they want you to think that people that believe in the Constitution, believe in your right to defend yourself against a tyrannical government, are dangerous. Because that's the people, they're afraid of patriotic people. They're afraid of people that believe that you have the right to dictate what the government does. That's not left, that's not right, that is American. Or really just about representative government, anywhere in the world. But they want you to subconsciously realize, think, that if you that you, you stand up for that, you're a terrorist. You're a conspiracy theorist. That's what they're doing. Now, to finish off, guys, this is a really important part of where I see this going in regard to the control of infrastructure. But specifically, we know we're talking about the supply lines, we're talking about food infrastructure, right? What about water? Well, people like, oh, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. You know, the, the big short guy, Barry something, I believe. Anyway, the guy that, you know, called the big 2008 crash, so we're told anyway. After all of that, he said water was going to be the next thing. He's kind of had a career of seeing the next thing for a long time now. So the point is, we've all kind of seen that coming, though. Well, as we see their control of the food source, water is kind of not really being discussed, except now it's pumped coming into the forefront. USAID, you know, the Trojan horse regime change outfit, leadership on the White House action plan on global water security. Global water security. Now, the way, don't don't miss how fr- that's framed sort of like the UK Health Security Agency. It's all becoming weaponized, militarized, and global water security. Now, of course, they want to frame this as a positive thing. It's about making sure everybody has access to water. But why would we believe that when everything else they've done is led in the opposite direction? Making sure people have more food you know, security, and then they de- they destroy their food scare. They're more food scarce in the, in the areas where they push in GMOs than they ever were before it started. Look at the injections. They're, they're turning people all around the world. And they're and now they're using the, the, the supply chain issues to s- sanction and control. Look at what they're doing in Yemen and elsewhere. They're they're literally starving these people to death. But water has also played a factor. I haven't even focused on that. So now when we're talking about global water security. Well, I think we need to recognize this is just another arm of the same control structure. Now, I'm not saying that every person in this doesn't believe they're doing the wrong thing. Plenty of them probably believe they're doing this for the right reasons. But at the end of the day, You can see how U.S. or governments in general can use this as a control arm for sanctions. Or what about bad guy Russia invading Ukraine? Well, we're going to cut off their water supply. Or Iran or anybody else. Well, until they comply, we're going to do this. If you give them control over the, the security of water or food or anything else, it will be used politically, like everything else in their tools, in their toolkit. June 1st, this plan will harness the resources of the U.S. government from leveraging science and technology to informing our diplomacy, defense, and development efforts, why is the U.S. government involved in development anywhere else but their own country? Because we've seen what's happened there—the abuse, the the, the, the the siphoning of funds, building half a bridge or one that falls apart, and then acting like that's saving people or destroying countries and dumping money in there to rebuild when it all goes to warlords and control and drug trafficking and human trafficking. Iraq, Afghanistan—we've seen this over and over and over. Libya. But let's keep doing it. Let's give them the control over infrastructure everywhere else in the world and claim like they're doing it for good reasons when really it's about finance, control, profit, infrastructure, and the Great Reset direction. That's what I see all this leading into. Defense? Explain for me why while making sure that other people have access to water is about defense because this is all about the Department of Defense. U.S. aid recognizes the threats posed by water insecurity worldwide. The threats. It's always framed in a war setting, a war on water security, or however they're going to do this. Now, my point, though, is I'll show you next. The most insecure people in regard to water are the people that have been destroyed by the U.S. government. But we don't talk about that. They only mention Ukraine. Oh, I actually forgot to highlight that. It says, uh, going forward, the latest analysis estimates nearly 2.2 billion people Almost one third of the people on the planet lack access to safe and reliable water, most of which are put in that position because of U.S. foreign policy and other surreptitious actions. Like you can right now, I could add up just the countries I'm going to show you next, and that's over 100 million people right there. And these are countries that have been destroyed by the U.S. foreign policy. And those are people that are dramatically water scarce, but we don't talk about that. All they point at is, for example, due to Russia's unprovoked war, which wasn't even remotely unprovoked, in Ukraine and attacks on civilian infrastructure, which are arguable whether they're done by Ukraine or Russia, one quarter of Ukrainians have now lost access to safe drinking water, creating a risk of cholera and other diseases. You know who else has had a cholera epidemic that nobody cares about? Yemen. But let's not talk about that one, though. And compounding already destroyed livelihoods. Oh, a quarter of them, huh? How about the fact that most of them, in many cases, have emigrated over to Russia or other places, but the point is they're trying to make it seem like the Ukrainians are struggling. In many cases, they are, by the way. My point is not to say that it doesn't matter. My point is to say that that's being politically abused. Meanwhile, we have examples of what they're doing everywhere else in the world. I'll come back to this, actually. Oh, actually, well, no, wait, wait a minute. I wanted to make a point here. Okay, so here's the point. That's why I was going to go over this. I'll do this first, then we'll go through the rest of the world. So it says, in response to the new White House action plan, global water security, that's what it's called, lays out an innovative whole of government approach. Now it says, advancing U.S. leadership, so everywhere. So this is just U.S. tentacles around the world in a global effort to achieve universal and equitable access to sustainable, climate resilient, safe, and effectively managed water, sanitation, and hygiene, otherwise known as WASH services without increasing greenhouse gas emissions. Now, of course, then you can argue that that your control there could be on uh, carbon output and whether other countries are doing what they're they're supposed to and that could be cut off that way. But the point is, guys, remember the point about the words equitable, sustainable. These are not bad words. That's why I had this here. The word equitable simply means fair and impartial. There's no way in a real sense the word fair and impartial is a bad thing. But if they're applied in a way that you think, you know, applying a level of fairness in a situation where it shouldn't be there, right? In a sense where it's, you know, equalizing a situation that's not natural, but you could argue that that can be applied in a weird way. But the idea that things are fair and impartial is generally a positive term, but that's not what they mean when they use the word equitable. We know that they frame this a way that they want you to see it when in reality, what they're doing is breaking the balance or forcing in racist settings in a situation that are not there's a lot happening around this in regard to how they're abusing these situations or even you could argue that what you think they're doing is something that is good for removing racism but at the end of the day it's being used as a means to an end politically That's not in your best interest but in any case i can go off forever on the same thing i say about the word sustainable sustainability is a good thing but that's not what they're trying to achieve when they say these sustainable goals of 30 2030 they're not they're not driving for that They've effectively turned these words into bad things because they want you to see them as bad things to in, in, in a weird, abstract way while pushing these in because ultimately they're not equitable. They're not sustainable. It is about a centralization of power everywhere you look, just so we see that. So just when we hear these words, we shouldn't be going, oh, equitable's bad. We should go, oh, when they say these words, that should be red flags. That's how we should think about it, just so we're clear on that. Because I I get frustrated that Garrick makes the same point all the time, that they're turning us against the words that we should actually be supporting in ways when they're honest. But it says climate resilient. I mean, if all of this ties back into the same arguments they're making, even though that's not even accurate to what's really going on. Managed water, sanitation, and hygiene. So this is where you can see the tie in in regard to the pandemic level of this, the biosecurity state. Then it says, uh, it says recognizing the immense progress needed to achieve these goals. The plan emphasizes, so huge amounts of money flying around, the plan emphasizes the importance of affordable and sustainable wash services. So let's say, for instance, right there, affordable and sustainable wash services. So when you talk about something that's sustainable, to me, that applies to individual situations and growing a sustainable scenario around yourself, whether that's farming or you know use of your resources. But to argue that they're going to build infrastructure in regard to controlling the flow of water and make that sustainable, again, that's just counterintuitive to me. The word sustainable should not even be in that sentence. That's my point. Locally led solutions, which I highly doubt we're talking about. If it's locally led, it's their people on the ground doing it and addressing the inequity that results from water insecurity. Well, okay. So inequity that's created by the insecurity that you create by your foreign policy, problem reaction solution. Promoting sustainable management and protection of water resources. What is sustainable management? Like again, they're just using these words, I think as in, in, per, on purpose. Sustainable management doesn't even make sense in the context that we're talking about. Main, making sure that the management processes continue on, I don't even know, but and associated ecosystems to support economic growth, build resilience, mitigate the risk of instability or conflict, and increase cooperation. What does any of that have to do with water? The United States will work to ensure that efforts to meet global water needs use resources effectively and efficiently to provide long-term benefits. So now they get to dictate how you're using resources that you're allocated. This is a control structure. Do not miss it. Ensuring that multilateral action mobilizes cooperation and promotes water security. Ensuring that people abroad are doing it the way they're supposed to. This is just blatantly obvious to me, guys, and it's alarming. So here's my point. So as they go, but Ukraine's insecure because of what's happening, as an example. Oh, I did have parts down here. I forgot. Nothing nothing I'm going to stop for here. Okay, so the point is, as you're pointing at Ukraine, what about Gaza? Anybody that knows anything about the reality of these situations, any foreign policy for that matter, knows this has been happening in Gaza for a decade or more, if not longer. Slow poisoning. 97% of Gaza's water, undrinkable. That was last year. 97%. The point is, they get a few hours of water, even then. Uh, And that's, and that's so, I don't want to misquote it, but that's every so many days. I mean, it's unbelievable. As it says here, 12% of these deaths in children and infants are linked to intestinal diseases. The world knows about this. They don't care because it just goes on and continues. Here's another article about it. Gaza's undrinkable water slowly poisoning Palestinians. Why don't they care about that? I guess water insecurity only matters when it's a white country in Ukraine, right? Where people are on your agenda and on your side. Israel used U.S. weapons to destroy U.S. assets and aid projects in Gaza. (laughs) Okay, so not only that, now the U.S. government is using your tax dollars to build things that Israel just bombs and destroys. That's a war crime, like everything else they seem to do. Or when Saudi Arabia targets the food and water infrastructure in Yemen. Also war crimes. We all know that. Nobody cares. This is obvious. But let's pretend like they really care about water security when they allow this to continue for decades. This goes back to 2010. The water crisis in Yemen, causes, consequences, and solutions. Yemen's water crisis, a new urgency to an old problem. This is 2021. These are happening because of their foreign policy. I'm proud to be Yemeni tackling our water crisis, but we need the world to do more, especially for women. This is 2022. So they've had water crises happening all the way up to March, but why weren't they talking about it then? Because they don't care about these people. Yemen water crisis exacerbates worst humanitarian crisis, March 2022. Almost like they didn't care at all about this. In fact, they didn't. Nobody, they didn't say a word, not a peep. Trying to find a reliable water source is like digging for gold. Yemen's crippling water shortage. Here's even USAID talking about it. USAID Yemen water. USAID developed assistance in Yemen, bridges to relief to development continuum, and strengthens humans, Yemen's resilience through programs that stabilize the economy. Rebuild basic education and health symptoms, systems. Increase social cohesion and improve water sector access management. No, not at all. Not even remotely. You speak to people on the ground, It is a that's they're lying to you. They are building things that are not in support of the people on the ground. If they're building anything, it's happening in areas that are controlled by foreign powers. This is not what's happening. Yemen despite what they just said, is experiencing one of the world's worst water crises in, in, in and WASH, the same program, needs have sufficient, significantly increased due to destruction of infrastructure. Yes, exactly my point. Large-scale displacements, water mismanagement, impacts of climate change. Yes, it's climate change. Not their bombing of the water infrastructure. It just must be climate change. They're bombing their water and food. And then saying, but we're doing everything with dumping your money into it and they're bombing it just like in Israel. Rather, occupy Palestine. How about Iraq? All trees have died. Iraqis face intensifying water crisis. This is November 2021. Weird how we didn't talk about that one. Here's Afghanistan. Bone-dry Afghanistan stares at future famines. Climate change, of course, always. Bad water management, of course. It's just how these stupid Afghanis don't know how to manage water, of course. Even though they've lived here for their entire generations. They are stealing from them. That's what happens in every one of these countries. One thing I've showed before, it pops up. Nope, hold on. They've openly admitted they do this. in time, At times when they don't really, they really don't want you to see it. a second to pop up. That they've admitted that they're taking from Afghanistan. They, they say minerals, but realize that it's whatever they want right? U.S. to extract minerals from Afghanistan to defray the cost of U.S. assistance, right? So they step in, they destroy their country and then say, pay us for it as we rob and pillage and steal from you. That's what's happening. My point is that they know this, don't care. And then when it happens and they're struggling because of what they take, outsource water, fuel, opium, they just go, well, bad water management and decades of conflict. Oh, by whose choice? Decades of conflict at the behest of the US government. You caused this, have left the country unprepared to face worsening droughts. Right. This is destroyed as 20. This is July 2021 because of US policy, but they didn't care up until now. Now that they can use it to, to transition you to the Great Reset and say that Ukraine's being killed because Russia. Here's Syria. Oh, weird. That's actually February 2022. Syria has a water crisis, and it's not going away. But we don't care about that, though, guys. It's unreal how disgusting these people are, and this, as I say often, is why they censor us. It's it's it, if anybody honest is looking at this, there's no denying what we're looking at. It's it's subjective. It's hypocritical. It's a double standard, and they're not going to care. Even when they discuss the world problem of water, they're not going to talk about Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, any of them. They're going to talk about the ones that they want to use the agenda for, and they're going to push in their security of water so they can control the flow of that resource. Like they control the flow of any resource where they've occupied the country. I think most Americans, if not all Americans, see this. What needs to happen now is for you to acknowledge with people around you and those to your neighbors and your friends that you also see this and that they see this. And that we see this. And in fact, that the majority of Americans see this. What we need to do is recognize that we are the majority and that we see this. They're going to keep yelling into the air as if they're talking to the majority. And if we keep thinking, well, there is a majority, then they're going to keep using it. It's time for us to stand up and put our foot down. The time has come. This is done. It's obvious. Whether we're talking about Ukraine, monkeypox, COVID-19, they've lost the plot. And they know that. That's why they're trying to push this in as fast as possible. Don't so continue to be objective. Continue to question the narrative. Thank you for being here, guys. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.